Are you ready? Now. What are you getting? Well, I'm getting a bounce. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lightness within it as well. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, just, honey, it's a yeah. very tricky color, and I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. Terry and I worship an unconventional deity. The power of another dimension. Now, you're not going to read about this dimension in a book or in a magazine or uh, in a newspaper uh, because it doesn't exist anywhere except in my own mind. Hey, hey, hey. Hey there. Greetings. <coughs> Greetings again. <clears throat> Uh, we were off last week. Uh, this is the David Allen Show. DavidAllenShow.com. Today is August, August 4, 2016. Ooh. This is episode number 26. 26. 26 on our way to 500. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Wow. A little something action there. <laughs> I need a puffer. Uh, over the, uh, since we weren't here live last week, um, we were both out of town, um, Yep. Doing some potential market research. I think you might have gotten some more more, more interesting research than I did. Ooh, yeah. Um, <laughs> however, uh, in the course of the last week and a half, the Democratic National uh, Corrupt Con Convention uh, had their group, yes. <laughs> had their meetings in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, and the coronation of the second woman to be nominated for a, a party. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, oh, sorry. They they claim first. Okay, <laughs> it works. Yeah. Uh, she broke the. Was it a window? Seal? No. Look, uh, well, the, the video I saw the looked like a window. Oh. <laughs> she broke a window of all the all the male presidents. Just tore them down. Broke it, and now Hillary. Yeah. Yikes. Um. <clears throat> anyway, uh, we had that, uh, that debacle. Apparently, there was a private event. That was invite only, hosted by the Illuminati, Planned Parenthood. Oh, so perhaps okay. Uh, very private. They called it "Sex, Politics, and Cocktails Party." Sounds great. During the Democratic National Convention <laughs> of Corruption in Philadelphia yeah. on Tuesday night. This was Tuesday last week, sure. uh, a little over a week ago. Mm -hmm. Cecile Richards, who runs that ship. Um, I think if this will play, had this to say, perhaps, maybe, maybe this will run. Notice. No, um, of course, uh, a reporter says hundreds of supporters lined up around the block to get into union transfer for the Planned Parenthood invitation only soiree. Uh, soiree. I, sorry. And then apparently, uh, Cecile had to say, and we'll hopefully be able to hear it shortly, um, that I guess the last thing I'll say is to be on stage where we can actually now talk about how abortion is a right. Oh, big one. All the women that didn't kill their babies. <laughs> yeah, or at least that baby. Right. And the thought that we just nominated 
Okay, they just, pan, whoever's running this camera just panned around the room and somebody was applauding with a snap. With their hand up, they were applauding like this. Are you kidding me? You can't clap? Uh, well, maybe they only have one arm. <laughs> I mean, they were drinking in the other <laughs> one. A lot of corruption to happen. Oh, there he is. Ha, ha. Oh, that's quality. Quality. There's a lot of screaming going on, that's for sure. The great, the great state. Here, I'm going to just do this real quick. No, 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 no. Blown away by the mothers who celebrated the murder of their children. Yeah. Courage. It takes courage. Well, I guess that's courage. He's true. I suppose it takes courage to stick your middle finger up into the face of God. Sure. And to say that all lives matter is racist. Clearly. What about the Q, Cecile? I was going to say. And the AA. What about the people that just are in support of? Okay, so that's an interesting thought. Keep that in mind. She just talked about millions of immigrants. Who are, what she means is there's millions of people here illegally yep. breaking the rules. That's what she means there. She just went through them. How? How is it a right? Yeah. <clears throat> it's a right to kill something. Abortion is a right. Uh, going back to the illegal thing, which I, I think Cecilia's a moron, but she brought this up. Oh, the yeah. former Los Angeles mayor, uh, Mayor Antonio... V uh, yes. V yeah, Variagosa, who I believe... Wasn't he the one that introduced Obama or did something when he was inaugurated or yeah. emancipated or something in yeah. 08 when he won? Emancipated? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever it was. <laughs> he says, well, let's just listen. This is from C-SPAN. Maybe. Well, come on. 
I come tonight. This is at the Democratic however, National Convention. To speak for 11 million often forgotten people and their families. They work in the hot sun. They put food on our tables, even though they often have little for theirs. The American farmers, they yes, everybody, yes. Oh, sorry, clean sorry. Our homes. Eh, they take care wrong. of no. our children when they have no one in the to field care for their own. They take care of our children in the field. They're hardworking yeah. people, toiling in the toughest jobs with little to show for it. Except they money? They fight in our wars <laughs> and defend our freedom. How? They're illegal. They're God-fearing, faithful, like you care. and family people. <laughs> They've crossed our borders Illegally. like so Illegally. many before them. Illegally. Illegally. Answering Mother Liberty's call. What? No, we didn't call. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mother Liberty didn't say, hey, come break our laws. Yeah, yeah it wasn't like they're in Mexico and they get a phone call and they open it up and hi this is Mother Liberty I'm here to talk to you about a wonderful opportunity no that didn't no they come dreaming of a better place a place that we all to run their drugs call home oh sorry <laughs> but these 11 million people have no credentials to this hall right you know why they're illegally here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They don't even have a vote. What? Because they're not a citizen. You know, um, yeah. It's you, the details. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep going. But they must have a voice in our party. Why? Why? And our nation. Why? Because without them, the Democrats lose. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so in this city... Oh, he, he's going to say that. It's coming up on the prompter, love. I'm sure. <laughs> we must stand up and fight for these 11 million... Who shouldn't be for here. For we are brother's keeper. What? What? Then we we should, then they we should, can live we at your be, house. We should be paying them then. Yeah. To, I mean, maybe to not work. Always been stronger when we integrate, not segregate... When we join hands. Because Black Lives Matter. Uh, all Integration. Lives matter. No, no. Black oh, Lives Matter. Oh, oh, Integration. Right. Black Lives Matter. Oh, and work right. together to solve our challenges. Yeah, so there it is. The uh, the ex-mayor, former mayor of the Los Angeles um, town. <laughs> town. City. So that whole speech was about semantics. Saying oh, different oh, things. Oh, it's just blather. Yeah. yeah. None of it's true. No. Well, I mean, they... I mean, there are there are tons of wonderful people that live here, and they might be, they might have gotten here illegally. So it's not to say that every single illegal immigrant is a horrible person. Of course not. Absolutely not. Some of them are wonderful people, and probably and, most of them. Yes. That's not the point. How many people get pulled over for speeding are wonderful people. They still get a ticket, yeah. and they still have to pay that fine. Yeah. And if they don't, they get a warrant out for their arrest, and they get arrested. They get hauled in front, and they get even a bigger fine. Right. Yeah. Right. But they're good people. Yeah, no, they're evil doers. No, I mean right now we have industry industry right across the uh, road or just down the down the road from us that um, uh, sponsors plenty of people, uh, several people from uh, 
from south, another country south of the border. To, yeah, south of the border to come up here and work. And they come up here and they work and they're hardworking and they're wonderful people. Um, <clears throat> we're not talking about them. This quote is attributed to Ben Stein. Fathom the hypocrisy of a government that requires every citizen to prove they are insured. But not everyone must prove they are a citizen. Now, consider that many of those who refuse or are unable to prove they are citizens will receive free insurance paid for by those who are forced to buy insurance because they are citizens. True. Huh. On the other, on the other hand... Uh, we just have one hand. <laughs> on the other hand, there are different fingers. No, um... <laughs> Uh, when you're dealing with having to pay uh, health insurance, I uh, anybody I suppose could if they wanted to um, live the same way that many illegals live, mm-hmm. meaning not have you know living in an apartment. I'm not saying. <clears throat> I mean, he's he's absolutely right. They shouldn't have access to it. But I don't think it's necessarily a moral equivalent between the average um, middle class person and the average illegal alien. Um, Because the average middle class person has something to lose, whereas an illegal alien doesn't. True. If they don't. There's a suicidal fly in here. I've seen it. I've seen it. I get it. I don't know. Maybe it'll go elsewhere. So, Newt, apparently Bill Bill Clinton uh, spoke. What? 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 Bill Clinton spoke at the... Oh, uh, I thought you said Newt. Well, no, I did. Oh. He spoke uh, Newt Gingrich. Mm. Weighed in on Bill's speech. All right, thanks, Megan. This might be long. Thanks, come on, Sean. Yeah, thanks. And also, thank you, Brett. Welcome to our two-hour edition of Hannity. And we're coming to you live from the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. Day two of the Democratic National Convention. Now, look, I I think you've got to be fair about some of this stuff. I worked with Hillary Clinton on the Transformation Advisory Commands, the Transformation Commands Advisory Group. She's hardworking. She is smart. Uh, She was serious about the military. She is the first New Yorker to serve. One on services, that's to her credit. I worked with her on health information technology. She worked hard and she was smart. Uh, as somebody who himself was adopted, I was delighted to help pass the adoption bill that uh, Bill Clinton talked about. But she's also the most corrupt candidate ever to run for president of the United States. She is also deeply involved in the Clinton Foundation. But I, I want people to put a little sign up in, in the title bill, the $2 billion man. That's how much money he's raised. Much of it from dictatorships, much of it from thugs, uh, shady billionaires, and an um, amount of it from people who had dealings with the State Department at the time they were giving him money. So let, let's be clear here. Well, what he said about her was correct in terms of our relationship, my judgment of her, based on her public record, is that she would be horrifyingly corrupt as president, and she would Horrifying. be a disaster in foreign yep. policy. You know, it's interesting... You- a disaster. You know, uh, 
when you work for the government or you uh, get elected mm-hmm. at the local level, yes. one of the first things they teach you is um, not to take... I, I know uh, I used to work for a county, mm-hmm. and you weren't supposed to take anything over the value of $25. I've uh, also... What do you mean? Break that down. What do you mean, take anything? Uh, like if somebody offered you something. In what, what kind of instance? Um, gift card, you know... Um, like gifts, a, like a birthday present, even. Uh, I guess if, it was from family, it'd be fine. But if it was from someone that's not directly connected, yeah, to you? like like uh, coming from a business. Oh, you know, and, what and I mean? why? Uh, because there's this appearance of impropriety. Oh. You give me this, and then I'm obligated to do something for you, or at the very least, it gives the appearance that because that um, in order for you to get something, mm-hmm. you have to give me something. Oh. Rather than um, that's part of my job. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, I've also been elected at a local, in a local capacity, mm-hmm. and I've uh, gone to a conference about uh, newly elected local officials, <clears throat> and um, they said anything even as uh, as small as a cookie, you really shouldn't what? take. What? If you're over at somebody's house and they call you over because they want to talk about something, I'm not talking about a friend, but if if you're there under basically official capacity in one way or another, mm-hmm. not to even take something like that, they would wow. recommend against it because of the uh, appearance of impropriety. So they don't want people to think, in order for you to hear what I have to say, mm-hmm. I have to give you something, even something like a cookie. Wow. And yet, and yet, you have the Clinton Foundation. I, um, <clears throat> huh, I was, that's kind of sick if you think about it. Oh, I'm, I was, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. And, um, if people were concerned about truth, mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> sorry. Yeah. No, truth? What? Exactly. Okay. If, if the in. average American wasn't so self-absorbed and only concerned about their paycheck and their prosperity, mm-hmm. if they had something called values that they were willing to actually um, uh, put their money where their mouth is, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, they would look at the Clintons and, and, and have nothing to do with them. Absolutely nothing to do with them. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous uh, the way we have looked the other we have looked the other way with the things that happened. Um, anyways, I was I was out out of the state and I went to Ooh, where uh, where did you go? Somewhere south. <laughs> oh. That's about everywhere from where. Okay, where yeah, we you're currently right. Are. Yeah, Odessa, there. <laughs> no, um, I um. I was down in the Dallas area. Ooh. Yeah. Went to a, a movie uh, with uh, some uh, relatives of mine. Huh. And you know what movie it was? Do Tell? Do Tell? Jason Bourne? Jason Bourne. <laughs> no. It was Hillary's America. <laughs> Same thing. All right. In a sense. And uh, have you heard of it? I have. I haven't seen it yet, though. It was um it was 
it, it was preaching to the choir, but the whole the whole it, <laughs> the whole point of it is uh, Dinesh Dinesh D'Souza um, uh, made the film, and the name of it is Hillary's America: The Secret History of the Democratic Party. So I was looking at the Democratic Party from its inception mm-hmm. to present time. Mm-hmm. It was funny. Um, I was sitting in the movie, and it starts, first credit starts. And the first credit you see, or one of the first ones, is you see this big picture uh, painted or uh, graphic of um, uh, Andrew Jackson. And underneath it you see, kind of like in a shadow, um, all these uh basic slaves attached to one another with chains. And then it, you know, it's given the name of the director and the writers and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I hear a psst, psst to my side. So I look over and... <laughs> so is, this is during the, the opening credits. <laughs> during the opening credits. And I feel... <laughs> it was funny. Well, it was funny after this happened because I was all kind of in shock. Um... This girl who's sitting next to me, I didn't notice. She's like two or three seats over. She's a young black lady, or she's probably 14, 15. Mm-hmm. And she leans over to me and she goes, what movie is this? <laughs> and I say, uh, I don't know, Hillary something? And her mouth and her jaw <laughs> drop. <laughs> and there's this look of horror in her face. <laughs> and she grabs her purse, stands up, and runs out of it, like like we were gonna lynch her or something, <laughs> just for being there. <laughs> and I thought, uh, I mean, after it happened, it was like, did I just see that? <laughs> um, I felt horrible because right from the right from the get go, she she was in a movie theater, probably uh, mostly with Republicans. Mm-hmm. And as this movie goes through, it shows that from the inception of the Democratic Party, even up to the present time, mm-hmm. the most racist party, the out, most outrageously racist party is the Democratic Party. So that's what she just saw? <laughs> well, she didn't see that. <laughs> she was too worried about being in there. But if she had sat through it and actually listened to what was said, mm-hmm. she would realize that Republicans are probably, I mean, traditional Republicans, not right. necessarily the rhinos that we have now, Republicans in name only. But the traditional Republicans um, of the original uh, uh, founding members of the Republican Party, none of them owned, owned slaves. And one of the core fundamental platforms of the Republican Party was anti-slavery. And it was anti-slavery all the way through. Um the Democratic Party in the uh, 1924, it was, uh, what did they call it, uh, the Klan. Um, basically, the Klan Convention. Um, let me see if I can find. Um, oh, there it is. It was um, the summary of the Klan bake. The... Um, Thousands upon thousands of members of the Ku Klux Klan showed up to the 1924 Democratic National Convention. Um, there were so many Democrats that were inherently um, racist. 
hated, hated allowing black people to have the same rights as white people. Hated it. Woodrow Wilson, all the way back to um, uh, Andrew, Andrew Jackson, incredibly racist. And consequently, um, the Republican Party was known as the party that was, uh, um, was for, um, or, or maybe I should say was against segregation. And if this young lady had known that if you had a movie theater filled with predominantly Republicans, she would be far safer than in a movie theater populated predominantly by Democrats. Because people would look at her and they would judge her not based upon the color of their skin, but because of the content of their character, just like Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King Jr. wanted? Exactly, the thing that Martin Luther King wanted. The Democratic Party is inherently racist because it defines you by your race. It sure does. Whereas the Republican Party, at least it used to be, it that was not that was not the core issue. It wasn't the color of your skin because all men are created equal. It was your character, what you were like. Uh, so, if she had known this, she wouldn't have jumped out and you know ran out like her hair was on fire. But people have been brainwashed. And I- anyways, um, the movies uh, talked about how in the 1930s there was a big switchover of um, uh, a party switch back in the 1930s. Um, in 36, uh, black party affiliation um, was 44% Democratic, um, 37 Republican, but blacks voted 71% Democrat and 28% Republican. And the reason why is they essentially sold their souls for money um, because the Democratic Party mm-hmm. was willing to um, basically give them give them something in order for them to switch and follow uh, the Democratic Party. And it was interesting um, in... 19, uh, oh, uh, I believe 1964 this happened. Uh, According to an Air Force One steward, uh, Lyndon B. Johnson said to two governors when he was talking about the Civil Rights Act in 1964, he said, if they pass that, I'll have them, and he used the N-word. What word? The N-word. Oh, Nobody? I'll have them voting Democrat for 200 years. So the whole point for the Democrats to support the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was so that they could have this this monolithic voting block that would support anything that the Democratic Party would do. And that's the whole premise of this movie is that the Democratic Party is inherently racist and it's just changed the location of the plantation from someplace down south to now it's in the inner cities. 
If you look at the at the black part at the uh, black family right now, and if you look at um, what is being produced in the inner city right now, you see an absolute fraction uh, fractioning of 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 black families of um, the 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 black race in general. Something that uh, two or three hundred years of slavery was never able to do. Seventy, almost seventy-five percent of all children born from unwed mothers. <clears throat> um, I mean, it's just outrageous. However, since so many in the um, in the black community have sold their souls for some money, and um, to at least make them think that they had a voice. They've they've basically created their own their own uh, their own prison, and they're they currently are their own prison guards. Uh, if you're a if you're a black person who votes Republican, what are they going to call you, Uncle Tom? But you clearly aren't black. Not black enough. Yes. Yeah. Certified not black enough. And. Um, it was the Democratic Party who supported slavery, did everything they could that once uh, slaves were um, were set free to make sure that black people did not have a vote. They were pro-lynching. They were uh, pro-Ku Klux Klan. It was the Democratic Party. It wasn't the Republicans. It was the Democratic Party. So, they're kissing the hands of the people that once beat them. There's an article called, Hey, Progressives, Your White Privilege is Showing. <laughs> Writ- written July 26. The guy, his name, I believe, is Stephen McKnight. It says, I used to vote with my conscience. Now, I vote with my allies. Like many young white progressives, I was a vocal Bernie supporter during the primaries. I hated Hillary the war criminal and abhorred the idea of being forced to press the button for her. Back in 2000, I voted for Ralph Nader. Sure, his chances of actually winning were less than zero, but hey, I voted with my conscience. My conscience has since learned to embrace empathy, pragmatism, and folks who don't like me, who don't look like me. Sorry. My conscience is also 110% clear in voting for Hillary. And the key factor in my change of heart is the constant battle to check my own white privilege. I saw the writing on the wall watching Bernie speak at a packed rally in St. Paul. The political revolution was in full swing, and the rapt audience waxed ecstatic about the electricity in the air. Our Messiah struck an incendiary tone, long on inspiration and steeped in egalitarianism. But the stage-managed diversity of opening act Keith Ellison and a Muslim student who spoke to condemn bigotry couldn't mask the bald facts. The crowd was whiter than a clan summit. As the hours passed, the vibes turned sinister as I studied the monochromatic audience. This was not the revolution I wanted. It turned sinister? I could really smell the manure when the primary demographics started rolling in. Hillary ended up winning 75% of the African-American vote. 
My friends were stunned that black folks couldn't see why Bernie was the best candidate for them. I mean, Bill's crime bill decimated African-American communities, right? Maybe black voters just didn't know enough about Bernie to know he was the better candidate. This, of course, is pure racist condescension. Black folks know full well what is best for their communities, and it was not a Bernie Sanders presidency. But oh why? Well, I'm not in the habit of speaking for folks of color, but I can assure you that every reason I've heard is absolutely legitimate. You can do your own homework, ask those black friends you swear to have. Ultimately, the reasons don't matter in terms of my voting decision. A, quote, political revolution that doesn't include folks of color is no revolution at all. This is far from the first time African-American voters have been promised the moon by a white politician. It's no great surprise that he lost, as his policy proposals sound crazy to most Americans, even though other nations' examples may validate them. But that's exactly why young white voters love him. We have the luxury of voting for the candidate who most accurately represents our beliefs. Without any concerns about electability, because our lives won't really be affected if he loses. Our white privilege lets us, quote, vote our conscience. <laughs> by insulating us from the negative Whoa, consequences that other minority groups will face if the other guy gets elected. And this year, the other guy is beyond pale. Not a fascist. In the bush was a total fascist sense, like a real live fascist. Like the litmus test by which our grandchildren will judge us when they ask, quote, Where were you when fascism came to America? What did you do to stop it? To stop Hillary? I, I tried my hardest. I, I voted I voted against... I didn't vote for Hillary. You, she, he's talking about Hillary, right? We will need a better answer than, Well, sweetie, we were all Bernie or bust back then. How could I look my black friends in the eye and tell them that it was more important to me to, quote, vote my conscience than it was to protect their rights and strike down a demagogue who wants to ramp up police militarization and brutally crush the BLM movement? Is that like bowel movement? Yes, it is. You can't say Black Lives Matters and march in the streets as an ally of the movement, pardon me, while pissing on your ballot by voting for an unelectable third-party candidate who plays a tactical role in opening the nation's doors to organized white supremacy. <laughs> You're oh. not the ones who will wake up the day after the election to find your place of worship under surveillance and your foreign family members unable to visit you because of their religious beliefs. And you won't wake up to federal agents kicking down your door to throw you and your children on a bus to a detention center filled with people of your ethnicity before being shipped, quote, back to a country that your children may have never seen. You know, this guy, um, are, this is ridiculous. What a pretentious turd. Well, and he actually uses profanity that I won't use here, but he says this blank is not a joke. Minorities are staring down the barrel of Trump's gun while you amble through the policy proposals on third-party candidates' websites trying to find your perfect ideological spin-up pin-up with no thought given to the direct violence that people who don't look like you would face if he gets elected. Yes, we need a multi-party system in America, and two major parties have mu too much concentrated power, and ballot access needs to be broadened to make third parties more viable, and this will never be accomplished by just voting third party in presidential elections. 
More importantly, this is just not the year for it. It will either be Hillary's America or Trump's America next year, and we can't afford to gloss over the stark differences between those two countries. Third-party ballot access and progressive ideological purity are not as important as basic human rights. People of color and Muslims don't have the luxury of voting their conscience. They are voting for survival, and if we claim to be their allies, we will vote with them. This is the David Allen Show, davidallenshow.com. Ironically, this is the theme to Portlandia. <laughs> this is? Yeah. So basically, don't vote your conscience because it's racist. Yeah. Sounds like a good message. Just... Mm. You know, um, I could hear his hands flapping while he was talking <laughs> in panic. <clears throat> the, the, the first comment I see on this blog post, yeah, so I'm voting for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So he actually thinks. Nah, he can't actually think that Trump is going to spend all this money to ramp up INS to to run around, round them up and, and ship round them back them home and ship them. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't actually think that. He can't think. Wow. As we descend into the madness that is the Democratic National Convention. This article written last week by Elvin Bartley. I will attempt to censor as necessary. There are a few things that are certain. First, the Democrats will do anything they can to paint Donald Trump as a racist, sexist, and whateverist to make themselves look better by proxy. Next, they'll make themselves out to be the champions of justice and good societal values by throwing themselves on a cross and expecting a pity party for how hard their lives were. And finally, they'll trot out the queen of the toxic ideology by being spewed by the left for the past eight years, Michelle Obama. You see, liberals fawn over Michelle Obama even though she's not actually an elected official. She has no legislative power, nor can she realistically install policies that change America 
in any measurable way. She's famous. Well, in school the s- lunches. <laughs> she's famous in the same way that Kim Kardashian is famous, just by being there. What's readily apparent from her Black Lives Matter sympathizing demeanor is that she wants Hillary Clinton elected, and she will tell any lie she can to get there. That's why I've constructed a letter taking apart some of the statements she made tonight. Dear Michelle, this is a quote from her, Quote, I want a president who will teach our children that everyone in this country matters. You say you want a president who will teach our children that everyone in the country matters. Newsflash, isn't that what all lives matter literally means? If your husband wasn't so busy poisoning the well with the Black Lives Matter talking point that all cops are racist against innocent black people, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. You parrot the same hope and change crap that got Obama elected without realizing that your family has left the country far worse than when you first moved into the house that slaves built, in quotes. Take it from someone who knows. Michelle, no, just no. Leaving something better for our kids. Are you talking about the worst youth unemployment rate in decades? Almost $20 trillion in national debt and the idea that their race defines them rather than the content of their character and an out-of-control illegitimacy rate in the black community? Is that what you mean by leaving something better? Because that's exactly what your legacy leaves behind. No, that's not what you mean, because your kids have 24-hour armed security detail and attend the best schools and always will. Our kids, however, are left to fend for themselves in the minefield of a society you've managed to create with your husband in the last eight years. Also, that's not what the presidency is all about. At all. The office of the president has many roles, the main of which is to uphold the Constitution and not infringe on the rights of American citizens, both of which you couldn't (laughs) give... Two hot craps about. <laughs> Maybe the, one, but not two. Of don't let anyone quote. Maybe don't let anyone ever tell you that this country isn't great. Right now, Michelle, do you know the difference between someone who loves their country and one who hates it? The one who loves their country recognizes that we as a country are losing the very thing that makes us unique in the world, and we have fallen behind our countries, other countries in terms of freedoms and, and economic prosperity. The one who hates it, however, will tell you that everything is fine, while the walls come down while adding fuel to the growing flame. Take a wild guess which one you are. Donald Trump isn't saying the country is great or isn't great. He's saying that the ingenuity and economic prosperity that made the U.S. a superpower is in jeopardy by people like yourselves who play identity politics and try to elect bona fide crooks into the house, the highest office in the land. You're actively hurting America, and every time you go on stage, you try to take a little bit of the country's spirit with you. When you mention how tough it was growing up, or that you live in a house built by slaves, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, or that you've never been proud of America until your husband convinced enough gullible dummies to vote for him, one thing is clear. America would be much better off if your husband left politics forever, and you just found it in your heart to shut up. Less the expletive in that last sentence. That by uh, Elvin Bartley. 
Who's that? Yep. Oh, okay. Some guy. Some guy. Some little person. So, uh, yeah. Susan Sarandon uh, was oh. a big time, big time Bernie supporter. Oh. She Sorry. was like all Bernie. And uh, after he gave up, she tweeted, I'm out. After having the worst time at the DNC. So that's positive, at least. She lost. I mean, you mean they weren't radical enough for Susan Sarandon? Well, Bernie, yeah. Oh, no, not radical. No, Bernie was. Bernie, well, he's, com- yeah. I mean, he's full-blown blown commie. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I um, I saw this editorial in the Washington Times. Um, it's called uh, "Media: The Media's Lies and Double Standards Accelerate at Blinding Speed." Did you see that one? No. Uh, I do find this interesting, though. Um, who was the head of the uh, the Democratic National Committee? Uh, w- Blabbermouth Schultz, the yeah. one that, yeah, like blatantly said, "We." Don't want grassroots efforts to interrupt our, what we're trying to do, but we want to have an inclusive party where grassroots have a voice. Yeah. She said that out loud in the same sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She got kicked out. She had to resign from the DNC due to emails coming out, uh, proving corruption at, at, I guess at, at the extreme and then at the minimum, uh, is it collusion maybe to try to get, uh. Burning out, like yeah. working together with different mm-hmm. media outlets and such. Yep. What happened to her as soon as she got done with that? Um, went on welfare. Right, 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 right. Um, she quit that, and then instantly Hillary hired her. Wow. She went from embarrassed to losing a speaking s- slot to resigning to a brand new top Clinton campaign official. That's amazing. Wow. How lucky. So neat you know, that Hillary neat. would have just grabbed her right that, up because, yes. I mean, as the as the chair of the DNC, she should have been rather neutral, right? And she was down on her luck, and that just shows you that Hillary cares for the unemployed. Mm-hmm. And, and Bernie, she does. Bernie must have given her the, the, the go-ahead. Yeah, he, he must have said, have, you know, I'm, he, you're, I'm okay. with her, you can be with her. It's okay. I forgive you. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Okay, carry on so, with your article. Well, thank you. That was a feel-good story. And, you know, I'm feeling a little bit better now. I am. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an article <laughs> called Media's uh, Double Standards Are Accelerating. Hmm. And the lady, uh, she wrote, According to the media, not all grieving parents of fallen servicemen are created equal. Whether those parents are protected, defended, and respected, or ignored, dismissed, and smeared, Depends upon their political affiliation and how useful they are to the quote-unquote right side. Witness the tale of three parents that emerged during the course of the Republican and Democratic conventions. On the first evening of the Republican convention, Patricia Smith spoke lovingly about her son Sean, who was one of four Americans killed in the Islamic terror attack on the U.S. compound in Benghazi on September 11, 2012. She reminded the world of the kind of man Sean was, a decent, hardworking patriot who chose to serve his country in one of the most dangerous places on the earth. She then directed her wrath at Hillary Clinton, who as Secretary of State was directly responsible for the security in Benghazi before and during the attack, and for what happened in its aftermath. 
Mrs. Smith again accused Mrs. Clinton of lying to her face as her son lay just feet away in a flag-draped casket. In an email to her daughter shortly after the attack, Hillary Clinton blamed it on terrorism, she said. But when I saw Hillary Clinton at Sean's coffin ceremony just days later, she looked me squarely in the eye and told me a video was responsible. Since then, I have repeatedly asked Hillary Clinton to explain to me the real reason why my son is dead. I'm still waiting. Asked recently about Mrs. Smith's charge, Mrs. Clinton insinuated that the grieving mother's memory must have been faulty, as if, it, as if her lies were Mrs. Smith's fault. And this is this is the thing that you keep on going on. Uh, I I watched an interview uh, with Chris Wallace interviewing Hillary about uh, the uh, the FBI uh, uh, Comey coming out. Hold on, since since you mentioned that, uh, I have it here. Good, play it. My stack of stuff is outrageous. Maybe. Sorry, <laughs> you can talk amongst yourselves. Well, <clears throat> Mrs. Smith delivered her remarks in primetime, but you'd never know it given the scant media attention paid to it. Some networks carried her speech live. What you said, he also said in that hearing that you were extremely careless and negligent. Well, Chris. I looked at the whole transcript of everything that was said, and what I believe... Because clearly you didn't. ...is, number one, I made a mistake not using two different email addresses. I have said that, and I repeat it again today. It is certainly not anything that I ever would do again. Clearly, because I would be a criminal again. I take classification seriously. I relied on and had every reason to rely on the judgments of the professionals with whom I worked. So, and so in retrospect, maybe. So she just threw oh, the man. people that she worked with. <laughs> right, yep. It was their fault because they told me I could Clearly. do this. Some people are saying, well, those among those 300 people, they made the wrong call. At the time, there was no reason, in my view, to doubt the professionalism and the determination by the people who work every single day on behalf of our country. Those 300 people told me I could do it, right, and so I right, did it. Right. I was just doing what they told me to do. Uh huh. Then there's um, <laughs> the, oh, where's it at? I have another one here, which actually has her. Oh, here we go. Actually has her the claims she made prior to that, and then her uh, answering them. Uh, let's get that. Rolling, guh. Rolling, guh. Rolling, rolling, rolling. The emails. Yes. Yes. I want to ask you about yes. just one aspect of them, and that's yes. what you told the American people. I did not email any... Have sex with that woman. Oh, um, <laughs> ...classified material to anyone on my email. There is no classified materials. I am confident that I never sent nor received any information that was classified at the time. I had uh, not sent uh, classified material nor received anything uh, marked classified. After a long investigation, FBI Director James Comey said none of those things that you told the American public were true. 
Chris, that's not what I heard Director <laughs> Comey say. And so, so let me change what he said. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's not what I heard him say. What I heard him say is not that. But then this. And I thank you for giving me the opportunity to, uh, in my view, clarify. Yeah, so I can lie again to you. <laughs> Dr. Comey said that She's my answers clarifying. were truthful and what I've said is consistent with what I have told the American people. That there were decisions discussed and made to classify retroactively no, certain No, he said none of it was retroactively was classified. With but that's not what she heard. In that's not what she heard. They certainly did not believe and had no reason. All those people to didn't believe, believe that what they were sending was classified. Now, in <laughs> retrospect, did you? Oh, 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 oh. Right. She just admitted. Had, <laughs> if they didn't send classified information, I wouldn't have gotten classified information. In oh my emailing. gosh! They certainly did not believe and had no reason to believe that what they were sending was classified. Now, in retrospect. Different agencies come in and say, well, it should have been. But that's not what was happening in real time. But in a congressional hearing on July 7th, <laughs> Director Comey directly contradicted what you had told the public. So Here's what I don't understand. I think Wallace, that's Chris Wallace, is a coward. Yeah. He why, just, why he just doesn't he, want to die. Well, he may already be dead. We don't know. Yeah. Do, are you saying he's like a puppet? Like a... Like a wax <laughs> dummy? No, I mean, this happened a couple of days ago. It's been a couple of days since then. Okay, so he's and dead so it's now. It's possible he's dead now. Okay. Yeah. Who knows? But oh, let's go back. He said. Directly contradicted what you had told what the you public. Had told the pe sure. What you had told the public. He could have, should have said, but Director Comey said in that, um, it directly contradicts what you just told me right now. That's what he should have said. Mm -hmm. He said, "What well, you know? What you so told me now, which is obviously the same thing as you told before." He said, "You lied about it." Uh, yeah, but but he did that because he wanted to uh, walk his daughter down the aisle at her wedding. On her emails, either sent or received, was that true? That's not true. Secretary Clinton said, "I did not email any classified material to anyone on my email. There is no classified material." Was that true? No, there was classified material emailed. He directly contradicted what. Well, I. And let me just just. Yeah. He not only directly contradicted what you said. He also said in that hearing that you were extremely careless and negligent. Let's hear well, what she. Chris, see well, what, I want. I want to know what she heard. Well, Chris, she read the whole thing. I looked at the whole transcript of everything oh, okay. that was said, and <laughs> what I believe is number one, I made a mistake. Okay, performative. What I believe. Yeah. Who gives a crap, woman? What you believe? Mm -hmm. Nobody. Nobody mm -hmm. cares what you believe. Mm -hmm. Not using two different email addresses. I have said that, and I repeat it again today. What? It is certainly not anything that I ever would do again. I take classifications seriously. Except I relied on and had every reason to rely on the judgments of the professionals Boom! with whom I worked. Throw them under the bus! It was their fault! Maybe some people are saying, well... Those among those three hundred people, they made the wrong call <laughs> at the time. That's there twice was, in like know, ten I seconds. <laughs> no reason, in my view, to doubt the professionalism and Ooh. the determination by the Oy. people who work every single day. I'm on so proud of, of my wife.
<laughs> she does it better than me. <laughs> she learned from the best. That's right. You're welcome, America. You know, uh, you know who Cheryl Atkinson is? She was a CBS CBS um, reporter who got fired. Yeah, and then um, and now she's kind of a whistleblower a little bit, right? Yeah, sorta. She's still on the take with some agency, but we don't know which one yet. Could be the NSA. She run. Uh, she uh, wrote this this big article um, talking about Hillary, and at the end, she said it's not all about Hillary. In some respects, the implications of the FBI's findings aren't about Hillary; they're about the rest of us. As a layman, here's my interpretation. Any federal employee is now free, despite what the law may say, to make personal arrangements to communicate the public's business using private servers, administrators, accounts, and devices. They may send and receive classified material using these servers, even in hostile territory subject to hacking by sophisticated adversaries. They may routinely destroy the public-owned records they create, some of them permanently, and if their actions are discovered, they may provide uh, false public statements about their content. They may um, they are free to violate public records law and, f- and fail to turn over public records upon request, making freedom of information law meaningless and toothless. And prosecutors will view questionable acts in the most innocent light and one that's the most favorable to the subject of the investigation, unless they can find what they term clear evidence of intent to violate laws. You're off the hook. And she gave an example in in uh, nineteen or in 2015. A Folsom naval reservist was sentenced after pleading guilty to unauthorized removal and retention of classified materials. And this was a man. He was, um, his name was Brian Nishimura of Folsom, California. He, um, he was a naval reservist deployed in Afghanistan in 2007 and 2008. Um, in his role as a regional engineer for the U.S. military in Afghanistan, Nishimura had access to classified briefings and digital records that could only be retained and viewed on authorized government computers. He, however, caused the materials to be downloaded and stored on his personal unclassified electronic device and storage media. He carried such classified materials on his unauthorized media when he traveled off base in Afghanistan and ultimately carried those materials back to the United States at the end of his deployment. In the United States, he continued to maintain the information on unclassified systems in unauthorized locations and copied the materials onto at least one additional unauthorized and unclassified system. So, that might be true. So what happened? NCIS came in and discovered it? No. His actions came to light in early 2012 when he admitted to naval personnel that he had handled classified materials inappropriately. doesn't say that there was necessarily an investigation going on. Nishimura later admitted that following his statement to naval personnel, he destroyed a large quantity of classified materials he had maintained in his home. Despite that, when the Federal Bureau of Investigation searched his home, agents discovered numerous classified materials in digital and hard copy forms. The investigations did not reveal evidence that Nishimura intended to distribute classified information to unauthorized personnel. And as a result... He was sentenced to two years of probation, a $7,500 fine, and forfeiture of personal media containing that, and 
order to surrender any currently held security clearance and to never again seek such a clearance. So this was a man who had um, some classified information. He admitted it. Um, Got the book thrown at him. Yes, and there was no evidence. There was no evidence that he intended to distribute it. So he he would, would be under the same... Uh, uh, level of crime as uh, Hillary Clinton. And as a result of what he did, he was ordered to surrender any held security clearance and to never again seek, seek such a clearance. And what is going on right ever? now with Hillary? Ever. He's permanently banned from uh, receiving any um, classified uh, um, uh, security clearance. And yet, the people in America, the brain-dead people in America, are going, (laughs) a good portion of them are going to vote for a woman who has been bribed over and over again. It's just coincidence. It's not bribery. you know what? Whatever you say, I, this to me, this isn't about <laughs> Democrat Republican. This is not about about their platforms. This is this is about the Democratic. This is the best the Democratic Party could come up with. This woman, she's a criminal in every sense of the word. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or not. She's a criminal. It's ridiculous. Anyways, let me go back. <laughs> And I'm spent. (laughs) So anybody, you know, this isn't about Democrats or Republicans. It'd be the same way if he was a Republican. She was a Republican. Yeah, the the upside, uh, or the difference is, there's been no uh, big issue legally with Trump that we know of. None. Nothing near even close to this. So for anyone to compare the two is outrageous. You can't. Yeah. You so can't. He is more qualified than her strictly due to that fact. She should never, ever have access to classified material ever again. But here's Nancy Pelosi, the Democratic Party leader in the House, uh, talking to uh, PBS. To the voters in Washington, the members of the House of Representatives, you know that place very well. Right now, Donald Trump She's going to tell us what's up, why Hillary people Clinton support Donald. Among white men, and particularly white men who Racism, have right? attended right? college. How does Hillary Did you hear that? Clinton counter that? What was that back there? Sorry. Here, here, listen to what she said. White men, and particularly a certain kind of white men. Particularly white men who have not attended college. How does Hillary Clinton counter that? With an economic agenda to create jobs, good-paying jobs, increasing paychecks, the economic agenda is what is really... It's about the economy. You know that uh, statement. It's not a cliché. It's a fact. And I think that so many times white um, non-college education, educated white males have uh, voted Republican. They voted against their own economic interests because of guns, because of gays. And because of God, the three G's, God being the woman's right to choose, uh, that is softening. Uh, some of those people. Guns, gays, and God, which she says God is woman's right to choose. What an arrogant piece of. Well, we're never going to be voting Democratic anyway. Uh, but I believe that uh, with the turnout that we expect to have, uh, we will draw some of them in with our message and uh, <laughs> nope. enough other people to win the election. 
Oh, whoa, whoa. Uh, did you hear that last bit? Everyone is closer to the voters in Washington. Right here. And um, enough other people to win the election. Everyone is enough other people. Now, I know what they're going to say she meant is just, you know, the non-white. The people that are died men. in the last hundred years. Dead that and they can all the illegals that they're going to allow to vote. We have others, or maybe it's the greys. <laughs> or the graves. <laughs> so th this is the leader of the Democrat Party in the House, or like the U.S. House of Representatives, uh, saying that the people that support Trump are uneducated white men that only do that because of God, which she claims is woman's rights, abortion, um, gays, and guns. So I don't know if that's in favor of gays, she's claiming, or against gays. I don't they're, know. They're against gays. Well, sure, apparently, according to her. But since they're uneducated, they don't know well, how, how would they know the difference to be gay. Well, there you go. <clears throat> yeah. You know, it's a gift and something to be proud about. Uh, you know who Mark Levin is. Yeah. Yeah, I'll try to do. And then there's this. Andrea Mitchell. And by the way, why doesn't she retire? <laughs> For our sake. MSLSD. Cut four. <laughs> go. Do you think that Republican and independent voters and white men might be converted to Hillary Clinton? Or is, does Donald Trump have an innate appeal to some of those very angry... Uh, all right, all right, stop, stop, stop. I'm sick of this. Who the hell was angry this week? Sorry about the language. You? I saw people of all colors at this Democrat <laughs> convention yelling, screaming, burning, breaking, attacking. Did you not see that, ladies and gentlemen? What is it? Who's angry? You? Oh, the white men. They're angry. <laughs> they may be angry, but they're not rioting. They're not burning things. They sure as hell aren't burning the American flag. They're not running around with the Palestinian flag. They're not running around with a communist North Korean flag. This woman is an idiot. Yep. And I am sick of yep. the propaganda from this media. Yep. Angry? Oh, my God. You watch the left? They're not only angry, they're nuts. <laughs> you know, I... <laughs> Can't really. <laughs> that Joe Biden speech the other day, yesterday, they should have given him the hook, put him right in the cage. <laughs> but no, no, it's the white guys. They're all you know, whites, it's white males. Very angry. She says those very angry, confused, and upset voters, angry about the economy. Oh, they're very angry and confused. Unlike the geniuses that we've watched. The freak show that is the Democrat convention. They're not angry. No. <laughs> They're loving. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that Andrea Mitchell, you know who she's married to? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Green. Alan Greenspan. Greenspan yeah. yeah. Who's like 100 years old now or something. Yeah. Was the Fed chair for how many years? Well, during, during Reagan, Bush. Or Bush, I mean. B B w, right? Volts. Um. <clears throat> I think it was uh, the whole time during W, right? No. Yeah. Well, I think so. Yeah. Alan, old Alan. So that's, tell me that's not uh, a conflict of interest. Reporter for NBC, married to the F Ched Fairman, to Fe the Ched Fairman, the Fed chairman. <laughs> well, no, he was, he was the chairman from 87 to 2006. So he was through the Holy first Bush, cow. all of Clinton, and because they're appointed and uh, the, um, they're on until they until they're kicked off. Yeah, 
until they retire or quit or oh. move on to something else. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Weird. He um he was married for a year in the 50s. And then it wasn't until 97 when he was uh, 71 that he married Andrea Mitchell. So I don't suppose he has any children. <laughs> or at least none with <laughs> Not green with her. none with greenspan is the last name. <clears throat> huh. Oh yeah. Anyways, uh, th- this off topic slightly. Sure. <clears throat> the owners of a Christian bookstore in Knoxville, Tennessee, were dumbfounded. Dumbfounded, I tell you. After the News Sentinel rejected their ad because it included an offensive word. Um, Bible, God, um, good. Christian. Oh, Christian is an offensive word? Yeah. The advertisement read, store closing sale, Cedar Springs Christian store, Clinton Highway location, all merchandise, fixtures, slat walls must go. Sale through August 13, phone, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Mrs. McGinnis, the owner of the store, placed the ad on July 26. It was supposed to run on July 28, but when she opened the newspaper, <gasps> the ad was nowhere to be found. So Mrs. McGinnis phoned the newspaper and spoke with a classified ad employee. Quote, she said our ad did not run because it contained an offensive word. I asked what that offensive word was, and she said the offensive word was Christian. She said the news sentinel did not notify her in advance. In advance, the ad had been rejected, nor did they call to say they were refunding her money. We had no way of knowing they considered the word Christian offensive until we tried to place this ad. As Christians, this was a slap in the face to us. So the bookstore decided to tell their customers what happened in the very clever Facebook posting. It was simply titled, Do You Find the Word Christian Offensive? Sounds like a good PR stunt they just made. Let's just say the good church-going folks of East Tennessee lit up the telephones, and it wasn't too much long afterwards that the Knoxville News Sentinel addressed the issue. They offered up one heaping helping of apology. Quote, for any misunderstanding about the News Sentinel's stance on Christianity, we had a system failure, which resulted in a classified ad for Cedar Springs getting hung up in our front-end system. A front-end problem, eh? Quote, we corrected the technology issue in our system, and the I ad is now fired the intern. The ad is now running for an extended period at no extra charge. And for the record, the newspaper does not have a problem with Jesus. Quote, the news, uh, the news Sentinel does not have a bias against Christianity or any other religion. Publisher Patrick Birmingham wrote in a response to online critics. However, the newspaper's explanation didn't seem to be placating its readers. Quote, Considering how liberal this paper is, I take the apology with a grain of salt, one reader reader wrote on Facebook. Another wrote, Don't be offended, Cedar Springs Christian stores. Nobody has read the Knoxville News Sentinel in over a decade anyway. (laughs) Spend your advertising dollars elsewhere, like maybe here on Facebook. Hey! They didn't say that. So that's a little fun. So there's no way that was a technical glitch. I'm sorry. Um, it can't be. That had to yeah. be a person making that call. Of course it was. Absolutely it was. And, and you know it's probably <clears throat> driven by some lawyer, some idiot lawyer. Do you think so? You've got to be careful. Or do you think it's some? You've got to be bigot. careful. 
Uh, you know, it's... Uh, I still... I think it's just so astonishing to me um, how different things have become and how quickly, you know? Um, I shared this with you earlier. Um, or one of these. I'm reading this Was book. Was that a fantasy novel you're reading? <laughs> it's America's God and Country Encyclopedia oh, oh, yeah. okay. of Quotations. Fa- fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> to this some. is a fiction. And uh, Abigail Adams, she was the wife of John Adams. A drunk. Clearly not <laughs> in her right Something mind. wrong with her. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to read you a portion of the letter that she sent to John Adams. And this was just... Um, her husband, John Adams? Her husband, John Adams. Hey. The future second president... Oh, so he was not president at the time? No, this was in 1774. So he wasn't president yet, and it was prior to the outbreak of war, just prior to the outbreak of war with Great Britain. And she wrote to John Adams from their home in Braintree. And she said this, I dare not express to you at 300 miles distance how ardently I long for your return. And whether the end will be tragical, heaven only knows. You cannot be, I know, nor do I wish to see you an inactive spectator. But if the sword be drawn, I bid adieu to all domestic felicity and look forward to that country where there are neither wars nor rumors of war in a firm belief that through the mercy of its king we shall both rejoice there together. Your most affectionate, Abigail Adams. So just think of the words that she, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, so elegant yeah. and eloquent. And um, and she was a woman who said, I, I, you, you had better not look the other way. You'd better be a spectator in this. And if you die, then I will see you in that other country when there are neither wars nor rumors mm-hmm. of wars. Imagine the patriotism. Imagine having the wife of a president with that kind of ardent belief in their country, um, with a desire to do what is right. How many years has it been? How many how many centuries has it yeah. been since we've had somebody like that? The wife of somebody in in the uh, in the White House, hmm. and now soon we're going to. Elect a crook. Another wife of a president. Yeah.
Christ was born across the sea with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me as he died to make men holy let us live to make men free while God is marching on This is the David Allen Show. DavidAllenShow.com. Kind of wish uh, we would get back to our the roots this country was founded on. I f- I fear for our country. Yeah, I really do. <clears throat> um, John Adams. He uh, addressed the military and. October 11, 1798, when he was president, and he said, We have no government armed with power capable of contending with human fashions unbridled by morality and religion. Avarice, ambition, revenge, or gallantry would break the strongest cords of our Constitution as a whale goes through a net. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And... Later on in his life, he sent a letter to Thomas Jefferson, and while John Adams was president, he he had a, a, a long and very contentious feud with Thomas Je- Jefferson, but after he left, they became almost, you know, very close friends. And he said, have you ever found in history one single example of a nation thoroughly corrupted that was afterwards restored to virtue? And without virtue, there can be no political liberty. And um, I, I, I fear for our country, and it's not for the same reasons that the Democrats say that they fear for their our country. I fear, fear for our country that it is being given over, that God has given us over to our own desires. And the, the judgment that comes from God is not from outward from nations coming in but people but removing his protective hand from our country and the only way that we could ever turn around is if we restore our faith and confidence in God and I don't know I don't know if that's possible. But every time I see, uh, like, Pelosi, um, it's, it's a perfect example of P- 
people calling evil good and good evil. Um, it's an evil thing to believe in God. It's an evil thing to believe that you should care and love and support and encourage uh, children to be born, that it's an evil thing that we should support a fidelity between a husband and wife. I don't know. Has always known that there is freedom somehow breathed into the very soul of life. The prisoner, the powerless, the slave have always there's something that keeps reaching for the sky. And even life begins because a baby fights for freedom. And songs we love to sing have freedom's theme. Some have walked through fire and flood to find the place of freedom. And some faced hell itself
I think that book you just read from, I think those guys understood that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. I don't think we do anymore. I don't think we really understand Mm -mm. the reason that America exists. Now, I, you know, obviously real freedom comes in Jesus. That's it. Yeah. But they knew that. Yeah. I think that was something that was, without doubt, that was their foundation. Yeah. Um. And it's interesting, the narrative now is that our founding fathers were horrible and they were corrupt and they were evil because of slavery. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, many of the founding fathers did not have slaves. <laughs> and even if they did, that was the culture. Right. Um, and if it wasn't for the Republicans... Um, John Quincy Adams, mm-hmm. John Adams' son, was an ardent anti-slavery, um, uh, uh, somebody who who spent his entire life trying to um, trying to stop the practice of slavery. Mm-hmm. That that was that was his son, and um, people think, evidently, I guess that our the America in the 1700s and in the 1800s was like a, I don't know, <laughs> a sailboat that you can just kind of right. turn, but it was more like an aircraft carrier. You can't turn on a dime. You have to, you have to change minds. You have to change hearts in order for something to happen. And the wonderful thing about our country is that slavery no longer exists. Mm-hmm. It's not sanctioned by the U.S. government. And and there's a belief by people that slavery not only is evil, but it's also stupid. Um, it's wrong. But also this, this idea that there is something inherently different between, different be, um, between a black person and a white person is ridiculous. There is no difference between other than some genetic markers, mm-hmm. but that's it. I mean, they're, they're, as, they're as human as anybody else. Um, that would be like, uh, you know, discriminating against people with dark hair rather than blonde hair. It's ridiculous. And the fact that our country has gotten to the point now where truly anybody can do anything and there's no nothing hindering them culturally is a testimony to our country. And people have forgotten about this. <clears throat> but you're absolutely right. We don't know what freedom is because no. it hasn't cost us anything. Right. Well, and, and it did. When our country was founded, these guys risked everything. Everything. For freedom. For freedom. Yep. For that to get out from under tyranny. Yep. And now it's like we are begging to be put back under tyranny. Yep. I mean, I don't think I am, but I'm. unfortunately I'm thinking that my mentality is the minority. Oh, it is. At least the quiet minority. Mm-hmm. Or at least the quiet ones. We may not be the minority, but we're <laughs> quiet. Maybe we ought to be loud. <laughs> loud! Well, the people that are screaming the most, um, the majority of them are going to have a, have a change in their position in the next 10, 15, 20 years yeah. when they get older and they have children. Um the mm-hmm. the lunatic fringe there's nothing you can do there's no that's more of an abject complete and total 
rejection and hatred of God than anything. Um, so, yeah. and so that that's not something that you can cure. Education can't cure that. Nancy Pelosi, there's nothing you can say to her that will change her mind. So you're wasting your breath if you're if you're mm-hmm. talking to her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jesus said, "Don't throw your pearls before the sw- before the <laughs> swine." Because they'll turn and attack you. Um, and that's what he meant. When you have people that refuse truth and refuse goodness and and um, refuse God, there's no there's no point in debating them or talking to them about it. Yeah. <clears throat> I find it interesting that... Probably the only person that has any chance of breaking through some of this wall is potentially Donald Trump, <laughs> a, god, a godless man. But but at least he isn't he isn't pretentious, or at least he doesn't seem to be pretentious. It's not like he's claiming to be something other than what he is. And I don't even know if you could really call him a hypocrite. Now, most of the Democratic Party leaders in the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, for that matter, are just raging hypocrites. Mm -hmm. And uh, the vast majority of the liberals, of the progressive liberals, are raging hypocrites. I mean, that is their religion, hypocrisy, because they say one thing and do something at all times. Right. And and, uh, their native tongue is lying. (laughs) It's true. It totally is true. So you remember, I think, I don't know, I guess I don't know if we talked about it. It's been so long since we had a show live. <laughs> um, oh, it's something I was thinking a minute ago when we were talking about freedom and the founders mm-hmm. um, and where we're at today. For anyone to think that we are not a diverse culture. Yeah. I know last last show, our special show with Jay, yep. uh, we talked about the fact that if only we could be so advanced that we could have... Um, a black Supreme Court judge. <laughs> yeah. Females yeah. on the Supreme Court. Yeah. Um, black female high-ranking officials in the country. A black president. If only we had that opportunity. And I think it was Jay that brought up that idea that if we took the current makeup in the last, you know, two presidencies, roughly, of those high-ranking positions, and then took that back 200 years and said, this is what's going to happen. No way. Yeah. There's no way that would have ever been... Yeah thought possible Boy, are you ridiculous right yeah but here we are and yet it's not enough mm-hmm. you know we're still this horribly segregated society which i think we proved that segregation is beginning again this is this is a destruction mm-hmm. of the american society mm-hmm. that's that's all there is to this and and doesn't matter you can give and you can give and you can give and it's not enough because because it's interesting you you have a really progressive whites like that like that um i don't want to call him an idiot because i don't think he's <laughs> stupid i think um i think he's he just rejects truth mm-hmm. uh that that one guy who who said that um uh your white privilege is is having <laughs> you vote for bernie no <laughs> yeah yeah you, you it's white privilege to get to vote your conscience yeah to get your mm-hmm. vote your conscience he, uh, maybe he's naive. I don't know. Anyways. Brainwashed? <laughs> yeah. Um, if he got the country that he deserves, 
he would be one of the first people that would be put in the ground. Um, you know, look at Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Look at Zimbabwe. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and you know, that sort of thing has happened over and over again. The biggest supporters of communism and all the rest of them are, are some of the first victims of the tyranny that's going to come once uh once they get in charge so i it's it's interesting and it truly is um it truly is that uh this is a religion to these people yeah so and um the truth of uh, well when it comes to um Christianity in a relationship with Jesus Christ, unless God does something in people's hearts, they're not going to change. So, you know, I don't know what more to say. Right. Jesus said, no one can come to the Father, can come unto me unless the Father um, draws them. So, yeah. This is the David Allen Show. Yes. DavidAllenShow.com. Dot com. On the, on, on the face bag, David Allen Show. Much. 
DavidAllenShow.com. Hey, that's us. Hey. Um, Donald Trump is in the news <laughs> again. Oh, yeah. Who knew? Uh, apparently, there's a kerfuffle with him. Um, people are questioning his fitness, his ability to uh, handle the nuclear nuclear missile launch button, apparently. Yep. That's what they're all worried about. Yep. Um, Michael Hayden on the Morning Joe Show at the, okay, so the MSNBC. He may not be the most stable guy in the world, but there certainly are enough checks and balances. So if he gets angry, he can't launch a nuclear weapon. Uh, could you walk us through that? What what safeguards? Confirm. What safeguards are there? Please confirm. Uh, to Make stop, uh, uh, let's say, just say any president who yeah, may like Obama. not be stable yeah. from launching a Carter. nuclear attack against Obama. another country. Clinton. Well, Joe, Obama. the commander in chief, is the commander in chief. Uh, the Constitution, Article 2, puts great power in the executive. I mean, the founders knew that national defense required authority, direction, agility, and to speed. To launch so a nuke. An they knew that. authority <laughs> in the office. Oh, hold on. The Wait a second. Yeah. These are some of the same people that claim that the founders didn't realize what we were working with in this era. And so we can't really rely on what they were thinking. So why doesn't that apply to the powers of the president for launching a nuke? Because there's no way they knew about a nuke back then. Yeah, I guess that right? it's the same argument with the Second Amendment. It would need to be. Yeah. And anyways, when he was talking about how you needed speed and decisiveness and whatnot, mm-hmm. back then... Um, it was my horse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how hey, speedy and decisive... Courier. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna let this. We're gonna write this out in quill pen. Where is my drying powder? Well, Martha, Martha, where did my quill go? That's it, right? Yeah, exactly. They didn't grab the telephone. No, no. And they didn't have. No, they didn't. Maybe they yeah. played the game telephone where you whispered in someone's ear, then that went down the chain. But that's that's a good idea that oh. they did it because that way they came up with the idea of the real telephone. <laughs> Where'd that come from? <laughs> Good work. <laughs> Horses give a great deal of deference just culturally to their to their civilian leadership. Well, and, and they certainly have to, and that's the right. way it has to what be. The, mil- the military always, always defers to civilian leadership. But in this case, is there a safeguard to stop between uh, a president Hillary Clinton fit to be be commander in chief. <laughs> Hillary Clinton, and the final person that that presses the code and launches bing, bing, the nuclear bong, weapons bong, against the country bing. that has angered the commander in chief. Joe, that chain of command was built for speed and decisiveness. And so let me default to a to a concern that General John Allen raised several days ago. He greatly fears, and I frankly f- share that fear, that we, we are heading towards, we may be setting up the circumstances that create a crisis in civil-military relationships. Not, n- not nuclear annihilation, but it, it steps far below uh, pressing the the nuclear trigger. Uh, well, now it's a trigger. Yeah, I thought it was a big red button. Well, maybe it's a big red trigger. Button. <laughs> it's like a two hand. You got to pull that, baby. 
Is happens it, within it's like the armed family forces. feud. When, when you <laughs> have, we fear, perhaps these kinds of decisions for a military that does defer to civilian leadership. What then happens? Um, would you mind doing some research and finding um, how nuclear launch can happen, what the protocol is? Sure, I can tell you right now. That's just my brain working You're right now. So fast, <laughs> man. Um, there's a uh, chain of command that involves the Secretary of Defense, mm -hmm. who could refuse to relay the order, um, or the Assistant so, Secretary of Defense. So there's two people, other than the Pres. Other than the Pres. So that means three people have to sign off on this. Button well, no, push. no, one person after the President, and then the Secretary of Defense would tell. The um uh oh uh yeah that guy or gal <laughs> military who's uh who's, joint chief yeah the joint chiefs mm -hmm. um to give them the authority to continue on um but both of them would have to be on the same on the same uh, page in order for this to happen. So it's not like he can push the button. It's not like button. Trump in, in the Oval Office could go, <laughs> Iran, yeah. nuke. Yeah. Doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't work that huh, way They sure all. didn't make it sound like that. No, no, they didn't. They they actually have a, uh, a two-man rule. Um, and so... Even even in the um, in the missile silo, you need two people to sign off like on it to push after the, the order has gone. Two yes. people have to do it after the authentication order comes out. Same thing in uh, nuclear submarines. Mm -hmm. uh, there has to be two people that that give the okay to it. And if Trump all of a sudden goes cuckoo for cocoa puffs, and says, you're saying there's a bunch of safeguards in place, there are safeguards huh. there. <clears throat> They used to have what was called launch on warning, where um, there was uh, basically the doctrine or the protocol was that the official policy, it used to be until 1997, that when there was a warning that multiple warheads were inbound, mm -hmm. that, that we would launch. But then they changed it to... Um, to one of retaliation after withstanding an initial first strike. So now we have to withstand a first an strike. An attack in kind? What do you mean? Like, does it have to be a nuclear t attack that yes. we withstand? Would the we suffer? Yes. In order for us to retaliate with nuclear? Yes. So if someone hits us with an RPG, we have to go back with an RPG. Yeah. But we can't, we can't nuke them if they just hit, shot a Hellfire missile at us? No. No, it would have to be a full out attack towards us. Um and it was that was under uh, mutual assured destruction the mad theory. Mm -hmm. Um and the the problem with that is that there was a few times where there was a computer glitch and the computer showed that that there were potential other missiles inbound and they had to check it several times. Same thing with uh Russia. Russia almost launched on us one time because uh there was I don't know. They had a glitch they in their the, system. They got the impression we were yeah. attacking them. Yeah. So then our our system says we have to have we have to have been hit. We have to be first. hit. Okay. First. Before you before, push that, before you push that trigger. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, Joe apparently is just panicked because several months ago, uh, a foreign policy expert 
on the international level went no name, to advise Donald Trump. And three times he asked about the use of nuclear weapons. Okay. Three times he asked at one point. If Wouldn't that be really good info to know if you're going to run as Prez? You kind of want to know how that works? Mm-hmm. If we have them, why can't we use them? That's oh, wow. one of the reasons <gasps> why he no. asked. He just doesn't no. have foreign policy. What? Now, because Obama never asked that question. Never. Here, Here's that... Uh, what he just said is not admissible in a court of law. <laughs> it's hearsay. Yeah, it's hearsay. So for him to say that, um, uh, it's ridiculous. It's fear mongering. Yeah, I, I had a friend who talked to Hillary, <laughs> right. and Hillary told him that every night she bathes in the blood of ten virgin women, <laughs> and that's why she looks so young. It's horrible. She's killed hundreds of women, young virgin women. In her life. It's horrible. Okay. I said it. It's the same thing. Yeah, same thing, right? Yeah. See experts around. Trump. Trump asked three times. Three times in an hour weapons. briefing. Why can't we use nuclear weapons? Wait a Bert. second. On the international level, went to advise Donald Trump. And, and this is called journalism? Times. Well, I don't think Morning Joe Scarborough is a journalist, is he? He's just a talking head. Right? Here, here's the thing. I was I was reading somewhere, um, and there was a uh, I I can't remember I think it was I can't remember where I was reading this, but somebody was commenting about how they had met uh, Rachel Weiss is that her name she was it's a uh, she's married to Daniel Craig she's been in oh, a bunch actress? of movies yeah, yeah. like the yeah, Mummy yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and <clears throat> she said that she saw her on a plane and she went up. And talk to her, and um, she didn't. I can't remember how it worked. Anyways, I can't remember the exact words, but basically, she was talking to her, but she didn't give her the deference that she had expected, and so she turned really cold on her. Like on the, this, like young the adoration lady. and praise that yes. she should have gotten from that she being a celebrity. Gotten. Yep. And so she went back down to sit in her seat, and supposedly her nanny, who was watching this Rachel Weiss's kids, came up to her and said, well, she, um, the reason why she's angry is that you didn't compliment her enough or something like that. So I, I read that, and after that, subconsciously, <laughs> every time I lady. saw her, it's like, <laughs> oh, what right. a pretentious woman and everything. And... And then I read this, and I heard this, what Scar- Joe Scarborough said, and I thought, Jim, you're an idiot. Um, you're an absolute idiot it's for Joe. many reasons. It's Joe. I mean, Joe, you're an idiot. And I said, David, to myself, David, <laughs> you're an idiot because you let hearsay right cause me to inform to, to create to, an opinion to create an opinion about somebody and i don't know anything about him and joe scarborough you're an idiot because you've just poisoned the well for yeah. everybody yeah and i think that is his his well, complete and total intent msnbc he asked about the use of nuclear weapons mm. okay so asked about let, let's hear his words he uses he asked about the use of nuclear weapons Three times he asked at one point, if we have them, why can't we use them? Okay. If we have them, why can't we use them? 
great because it's you know we got to be attacked or whatever that's a great question i think sure that's oh wow one of the reasons why he has he just doesn't have foreign policy experts around trump trump asked three times three times in an hour briefing why can't we use nuclear weapons why can't we use them? You know, he made that last time sound like Trump is saying, <laughs> why can't we use them? Mm-hmm. Uh, Got to use them. Why can't we use them? Hurry. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the tone he just gave. Absolutely. With that. Be so, careful, America, and be careful, Republican leaders. So, General Hayden. Your party um, is blowing up. I want to ask. Uh, shouldn't, if these people are Democrats, shouldn't they just be ecstatic? That this party is blowing up, supposedly. Oh, yes. Or maybe it's not blowing up, and they realize their party's blowing up, and they are panicked. Just One more time. And perhaps. If, 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 and it may be classified, but it, the steps. Uh-oh. Donald Trump well, decides don't worry. To Nothing will happen to him if he deals with classified uh, information. <laughs> what is the time frame between his decision and when the nuclear weapons are launched? Joe, it's, it's scenario dependent, but the system is designed for speed and decisiveness. It's, it's not designed to debate the decision. I, I don't know. I mean, you typically think that Scarborough, he usually leans more on the right side. Well, he's a rhino, evidently. Uh, clearly. And then we have this, uh, you know, not, now the news yesterday was listening um, to some, you know, now everyone is panicking because there's a possibility now clearly because someone in the news has said it true or not yep. that Trump is potentially going to drop out of the race. Now. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think ABC in this clip, courtesy of the no agenda show. And, uh, and you're reporting something pretty startling right now. You've got senior officials inside the Republican party actually exploring what to do if Trump drops out. Th- th- this is absolutely unprecedented. First of all, I am told that RNC chairman Reince Priebus is Hearsay. furious. Hearsay. That- Hearsay, I am told he's furious. He has no clue if it's true. He has had multiple discussions <laughs> with Trump, telling him he needs to drastically change course. But here's the news. I am told that senior officials at the party are actively exploring what would happen if Trump dropped out, how to replace him on the ballot. The answer, George, is they can't force him out. He would have to go out voluntarily. And then it would be the 168 <laughs> members of the RNC for a complicated oh. process. They would pick a new candidate. It would have to happen by early but September. they think that's... I, I, the only way in my mind that even makes sense remotely because first of all trump to the public doesn't lose yes he out in public at least didn't get into the race the last time in 12 because he wasn't going to get in unless he knew he could win sure and there was no chance of winning i don't think he's an idiot he we may not like him we may not love his policies he's no fool from what I can tell. And yeah. I don't know him. I mean, no one knows him. Yeah, I just... know well, some people do. I mean, he's a he's a billionaire. Now, we can say whatever we want, but when his dad died in 99, he was worth like $250 million. But that, does that mean that Trump got $250 million? 
No. Oh. No. And that was before he had made his billions. So I'm sure he was very wealthy. Well, th- think I'm about sorry, that. He was very if, rich. Rich. If someone gave me a million dollars, two million dollars, you wouldn't bring I, that I, to billions. Yeah. No. I, I don't know if I'm connected correctly. I'm, well, I know I'm not connected right to make that into a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Mm-hmm. So you can give a million dollars to how, I don't know, how many, I mean, you could just send that out. Yeah, exactly. Who's going to bring that kind of return? And one so, in a million people will put will bring it to a sure, billion or sure. uh, make it up to a billion. Yeah. So whether we like him or not, and whether he's fully up above board or not, I I don't know. I I don't have any way of knowing that. But clearly, he can turn money into more money. Yes. Whether we like how it, he does it or not, that's that's not the question, or that's not the issue. But now ABC is just throwing this out there that. Um, he's, he's running or he might drop yeah. out. He's going to, he's going to quit. And then what do they do? They have, to, so they're now putting another timeline. This is driven, driven by ratings. Think about it. Now there's this narrative that they can now talk about for the next three weeks until that deadline comes up. And then he, he oh, he's, he's going to drop out. Is he going to drop out? Is he going to drop out? Nope. Oh, he's not. No, they're saying people I've heard are saying, do you know what this is? This is also psychological yeah. in people's minds. People are going to start they thinking, trust well, him. he should drop out. We don't know. Yep. We don't know what's going on. This guy's flaky. Um, and if he stays in, oh, why is he staying in? He should have dropped out. Yeah, previously, he's, he's he been talked to him several times. He's mad. He's hopping mad. Reince Priebus is hopping mad, the RNC chair. So I wonder. Yes. If, is this more psychological warfare on the forty percent of the people who um, are do nothings? Are do nothings? Sure. Yeah. So how are they going to change this narrative? Like he kind of hijacked the uh, the DNC convention. Oh, um, that was fantastic! The unwritten rule, apparently unspoken rule, is when. One party's convention is going on. The other party basically shuts up for the week. Sure. So they don't hijack any news or anything. Yep. So RNC was first. They did their stuff. There was really nothing going on in the Democratic Party that we could see. I mean, there was talk, Bernie talk and, you know, everyone is hoping that he wouldn't actually support her and all that. And they did all their backroom deals, but nothing big and in, in the media. Yep. What does Trump do midweek? <laughs> was it Tuesday or Wednesday? I think it was Tuesday. Of their convention, day no. two, or was it day one? Might have been day one. Was it Monday? I think it was Tuesday. I think it, no, I think it was Tuesday. He yeah. does the first ever, I believe, no holds barred press conference with the news with yeah. the press corps. Yeah, he ask does. me anything. <laughs> what was what was the media talking about for the rest of the week? They weren't talking about the idiots running about and yelling on stage at the DNC. We're talking about Trump and that he was at, they were saying he called on Russia to hack them or to find those emails, which he didn't ever say that. And here's the thing. I mean, in some big way, the guy's an entertainer. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure he's, see, uh, let me clarify. I'm not voting for Donald Trump. Oh, what? <laughs> I am not voting for Donald Trump, so I'm not a shill for Donald Trump. But um, uh, he's obviously making fun 
of the situation. I mean, he's up in front of the cameras. Mm -hmm. Now, people can say, yeah, that's not very presidential and whatnot for him to be that way. But regardless of what you're, I mean, is 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 being a um, uh, is being a uh, serial philanderer <laughs> part of the requirement of right. being? Because if not, if being presidential is the thing that that should allow people to be in office, Bill Clinton should have never been in right. office. Um, There's two or requirements. Barack Obama. There are two requirements for being president. One of them is you're a U.S. A natural born U.S. citizen. You got to be over. And you have to be over 35, or you have to be 35 or older. Yep. That's it. Yep. There's no education requirement. There's no connection requirement. There's no color requirement. There's no gender requirement. There's no nothing except age and if you you were born here. Well, I think I think in the um, in the small print, you have to be a member of the Illuminati. Oh. Those Masons. Or, or Yeah, same thing. Um, <laughs> but that's the unspoken. That's the yeah. unspoken part of that game but no that that's it i mean i now at my age i i could run good for you and you, you could have run it. a long time ago a long time ago but i i can now you can now I could have well no no the, the, this actually is the first this maybe, maybe i should call reince up oh and say, my hey, goodness you know, i'm when, available when trump is ready to go let me I'm know i'm available yep. here i am mm -hmm. i have a very very can, short record you can vet me in about half an hour and I will drop almost everything to help run. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> run away from you. <laughs> no, because it's corrupt. The establishment is corrupt. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I think this is why Trump is wonderful. Now, again, I don't love him. He's not the guy I want. That's mm -hmm. not the point. Mm -hmm. The point is I love the fact that his him c coming into this race, whether he turns out to be a Hillary, I don't care has blown up the idea, and he's done it successfully. Bernie tried on the Democratic side, and he lost. Well, I just have to say, I'm, I'm, um, I'm using my white privilege to vote my conscience, That's so right. I'm, right. I'm going to uh, vote Libertarian. So, oh, sorry. I knew, I knew you were a racist. <laughs> racist, racist, homophobic pig. I knew it. Yeah. You and hate I, women and children, well, clearly. Uh, no, it's no. clear. It's clear. Yeah, clear. Yeah. Uh, let no. me be clear. <laughs> I'm voting libertarian because I don't think that there's any hope at all of re of turning this country around. So Gary around. Johnson, huh? And the reason I'm voting libertarian, or maybe Constitution Party, is... <laughs> green, green, green. Hey! <laughs> not green. <laughs> is that I think that the only way that we can prolong our republic is to get the government as far out of it as possible. True. So. <clears throat> True. Now, I honestly don't know what I'm doing yet. I haven't decided. Yeah. But my point, I love that the system is being thrown into turmoil. I totally agree. And I, That's the thing I like about If you Trump. think about it, the Democrats are in turmoil at the same time. And they yeah. are running about because they cannot control him. Yeah. And I think that's why ABC ran this fake story, this hearsay about them there's a bombshell. Reince Priebus is freaked out, mad, talking to Trump, telling him to back it off. They're freaking out because it's working. It's making Hillary look terrible. Mm -hmm. Now, they also claim that if he'd just shut up, all this stuff about Hillary would be more in the news. No. It's clear. And there's a clip I heard today on the show. I don't have it, but the <laughs> I think it was um, 
He's on a CNN now. Andrew Cuomo. He's an anchor now on Boy, some show. Boy, that's not a conflict of interest no, at none. all. Nay, no, none. Mm-mm. None, none, none. He nope. said, we've done everything we can to get Hillary elected. As the news media. He said, we, we've, done it. we've done all that we can. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. It's extremely obvious they are doing everything they can Clearly. to make her one. Andrea Mitchell, maybe, it's, maybe she's her lesbian lover. Who knows? Yeah. Or maybe she's got a couple. Yeah. Huma and... And Greenspan. And, and Greenspan. <laughs> and Greenspan. Excellent. 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 Um, I would think that though that um, from now on that, and I don't know, maybe Trump is too much of a lone wolf that he's not going to listen to people when it comes to the media. But if I were him, mm-hmm. I would be sitting memorizing fact after fact after fact. <clears throat> And then when you go to a debate or whatever and say, okay, now listen, the reason why I talk that way is that there's there's no other way Mm -hmm. that I would be heard, Mm -hmm. but here are the facts. Mm -hmm. And then then show that you're knowledgeable of the facts and hammer them out. And I, it seems to me that that might um, impress some people. That he's not just this this crazy haired buffoon. The the other thing is, do something with the hair, dude. Do something <laughs> with know, the hair. Oh no, that's his thing. Yeah, yeah. Do something with the hair. This is this is. Um, you so, see this sometimes washed up actresses mm-hmm. who who put up on all the makeup and everything, and you're like, you know, you're not fooling anybody. Just just w- let it go gray. Yeah. Maybe we can respect you. Earlier in the week, you and I were talking about, um, you know, the uh, Trump has the bombacity yeah. and the tenacity. Nice acidy words. Yep. <laughs> Ooh. Hey. Huh? <laughs> Two um, in a row. <laughs> to, to get out there and get actual coverage. Um, and you showed me this clip that Jon Stewart put together. Oh, yes. About um, yes. the coverage that uh, Ron Paul did not get in 2000. Dropping in and Michelle Biden 11. And Ron Paul dominating the AIM straw poll. We got ourselves a race. We have a top tier. It is Mitt Romney, Rick Perry, and Michelle Bachman. We have a new top tier, and it's Perry, Mitt Romney, and Bachman. There's now a top tier in this race, at least for now, of Romney, Perry, and Bachman. I mean, I think that's fair to say. Really fair to say? You're not forgetting, I don't know, anyone, say, an ideologically consistent 12-term congressman who came within less than 200 votes of winning the straw poll? Isn't anyone going to give that gentleman a little love? There's a top tier now of, of, of Bachman and Perry and Romney, and, you know, we haven't mentioned, and we should... Thank you. We haven't mentioned, and we should, Rick Santorum, who did really surprisingly <laughs> well for the amount of money and resources he had. <laughs> Rick Santorum? He didn't get half of what Ron Paul got. He lost to the guy who lost so bad he dropped out of the race. <laughs> Tim Pawlenty. Yeah. Santorum? We're looking at Mitt Romney, who continues to be the front runner, but we have Rick Perry as well, and now Michelle Bachman. Let's not count out John Huntsman, though. What? <laughs> John Huntsman? Huntsman got 69 votes. <laughs> if... If all of John Huntsman's supporters met at the same Ames, Iowa Quiznos, the fire marshal would say, yeah, that's fine, no problem. <laughs> There's still some tables open in the back. Huntsman 
Huntsman was the only Mormon running in the straw poll, and he came in second amongst Mormons. <laughs> and by the way, this pretending Ron Paul doesn't exist for some reason has been going on for weeks. A new Gallup survey showing Rick Perry running second to Mitt Romney, knocking down Iowa favorite Michelle Bachman. So this is kind of funny because the graphic they have on the screen shows Romney at 24%, Rick Perry at 17%, Ron Paul at 14%, and Bachman at 13%. Listen to what they talk about during this. To Mitt Romney, knocking down Iowa favorite Michelle Bachman to fourth. <laughs> behind who? Fourth behind who? How did libertarian Ron Paul become the 13th floor in a hotel? <laughs> <laughs> Why? What's wrong with he is Tea Party patient zero? All that small government grassroots business, he planted that grass. These other folks, they're just moral majorities in a tri cornered hat. Ron Paul's the real deal, and Fox News should love this guy. But watch the disconnect between the debate moderators at Fox's Thursday debate and the debate audience. This is a visual, but Iran it's funny. Iran does not have an air force that can come here, just like we did in Iraq, build up the war propaganda. There was no al-Qaeda in Iraq, and they had nuclear weapons, and we had to go in. I'm sure you supported that war as well. Yeah. Okay. It's time Talking we quit this. It's time. It's trillions of dollars we're spending on these So funny piece is now they just flip to Brett Baer, the one of the the people talking, asking questions, and he's looking kind of smirkily at into the camera. Yeah. And then Stewart makes some reference to it. <laughs> What's with the smirk and the eye roll? The guy gives it, the crowd goes nuts, and you do one of these. <laughs> <laughs> there goes crazy Uncle Ron. <laughs> Babbling about the unsustainability of multiple wars. <laughs> He's the one guy in the field, agree with him or don't dis uh, agree with him, who doesn't go out of his way to regurgitate talking points or change what he believes to fit the audience he's in front of. And you're treating him like if this were Celebrity Apprentice, he'd be this guy. Gary <laughs> <laughs> Busey. <laughs> By the way. At the Ames, Iowa straw poll. Busey beat Huntsman 77 to 69. <laughs> Even when the media does remember Ron Paul, it's only to reassure themselves how there's no need to remember Ron Paul. Right now, live, right next to the bus behind us, Ron Paul is speaking. And seven of the candidates are here today. We have live pictures of Ron Paul, but you know what? We're talking about Sarah Palin, we're talking about Rick Perry, the two people not in the race yet, Drew. And guess what, Paul? If you get video of Sarah Palin or get a soundbite from her, bring that back to us. You can hold the Ron Paul stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so that was 2000 the 2012 election cycle that was in the yep. uh, uh august 2011 2011 yep, 11. Yep. and what's crazy about this is ron paul is probably the guy that all conservatives should have voted for without doubt absolutely the media shut him out the media made him go away. Yep. Now, Trump is has spent how many years? Hold on. We're going to find out um, how long The Apprentice was on the air. Um, season one. Let's see. When was season one on? I'm looking. Bing, bing, bong, bong. Hello. Hi. 2004. 
2004. So 12, 12 years, 12 years. Oh, wow. 12 years ago. So, and it went off, I believe there's one on, in 2016, but Trump clearly was not part of it. Let's think about this. From September 2003, which is when they filmed, Trump has had been creating this persona that is going to be in the public's face. That thing had dynamite ratings for years. Mm-hmm. NBC show, big deal. Mm-hmm. Got this big job interview show with Donald Trump. You're fired. He kind of made that this thing. You're fired. I think, I think, I think, I think, right? Yeah, there you go. Um, So he kind of made that his thing. He created him this thing where he was. And they, he built his coolness. Everyone wanted to be Trump. Now, yep. he had critics, of course, but he was a celebrity. Yep. He was doing this thing. And then he did Celebrity Apprentice, which he brought celebrities in. Gary and Busey. Yelled, and yelled at them. And uh, who, Joan Rivers, was she one of the... Yeah, I think, she I think won so. Penn and Teller. Yeah, Penn, Penn was there. And, and yeah, so they brought Trace those Atkins. things. Yeah. And it was great. But what he did is he created and got in... It feels like he's a big, long game player. Big time. Mm. Like, he's not about the short game. He's about long game. Mm-hmm. He's, what, 70 now? 70. 70? Yeah. So he's been playing the game to create himself a person, a, a, a persona mm-hmm. that's going to be out there. He's been married to Melania for 18 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. How then? The media can't black him out. Mainly because yeah. he worked for NBC. Yeah. For how 12 years? Yeah. 10 years at minimum. NBC. He owned them at some level. So how can they then turn him off and black him out? There's no way. So I don't know if there's anyone else in our culture that could have done or could do what he's doing and not be working inside the bounds of the system. Mm-hmm. If you watch the RNC, it was an absolute Trump show. I thought his kids were yeah. stellar. It was it was his show, which it was way better than the Democrats show, except the videos the Democrats had because they own Hollywood mm-hmm. were great. The, the only thing about Trump, and this is one of the things that bothers me about him, is that maybe there's substance there, but you don't know if there's any substance there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree, but I don't think we know if there's substance anywhere else in any other politician, well, do we? Well, like Hillary, I'm I'm quite confident oh, that, that she knows. None? <laughs> well, it's it's like antimatter. It's anti-substance. Okay. It would be the op- opposite, but I think and even even then, you're right. I, I you know, you can't really tell with Hillary if it's just she wants power or if she's trying to push uh uh, communist progressive agenda. Mm-hmm. Regardless, it, it doesn't matter. But with with Trump, like I don't. If he became president, I think he would. Uh, he wouldn't micromanage. He'd set people in place and have them do stuff, and then he would go around and golf. And I don't know, hey, which is no different than the current president. Exactly, exactly. Um, he's just a lackey for the Illuminati. The current one would be. Well, I don't know. So I don't. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that he's stupid in any way, shape, or form, but I'm not fully convinced that he's doing this for because he wants to save America. Is he an elite? I don't know if he's an elite. 
Yeah, I know. Which I don't maybe know. that's one of the problems. He's not an elite. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, he's rich and people want him around for things because when you do that, you get access but, to money. Exactly. But you have to suck up to people. Right. You have to become a whore mm-hmm. in order. You either have to be one of the elite, one of the Illuminati types, or you have to be a whore in order to be a president. Right. There's no there's no other and Trump might be the only one the only other option. It, and it honestly appears that way. Yeah. <clears throat> so I uh, I love the idea that he is blowing up the system. I think that is fantastic. Uh, I I've talked to someone a month or so ago, three weeks ago or so, that they cannot handle him. They they cannot stand him because once he made fun of a handicapped person. What? Okay. Okay. I will absolutely agree that that behavior is not awesome. Yeah, but I bet Hillary's run over, her motorcade has probably run over more handicapped people <laughs> than Trump has consciously. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, like you, we were talking about this. He's the type of guy that would be down with the uh, the foreman at the construction site yeah. telling off Telling dirty jokes, yeah, right. off-color jokes. Yeah, making Why? the guys feel comfortable on the job site. Yeah. and it's part of the banter, and it doesn't mean... Um, it doesn't mean that people actually uh, believe this sort of stuff. Well, I found it interesting in one of the Trump kids' speeches, one of the boys, I think it was Donald Jr., said growing up on the job site with dad, they were as comfortable in a boardroom as they were in a D9 cat. And that intrigued me a little bit because, I mean, he could be blowing smoke. Why would they bring cats to the boardroom? Well... And, and get in them. How strange. Really? <laughs> they would kill cats, skin them, and... <laughs> oh, sorry. But I thought that was interesting that they... Again, I could all be blather and it could yeah. be nonsense. But for them to at least exude that kind of a, of a grow-up childhood... I mean, it's got to be insane yeah. being in that New York but City lifestyle. they didn't but end up like Miley Cyrus or something no, like that. No, they actually seem like... Put together, intelligent yeah. young people, mm-hmm. and it was kind of refreshing mm-hmm. because I mean, well, like, I don't know if the Bush girls were worth anything when they were president. They didn't really say much. I don't, yeah, they were not. And they were outspoken. young. Yeah, uh, Clinton's girl was yeah a, a little one, and now she's turned into a lunatic. Yeah, but how could you not? Well, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So I think that uh, Trump's. Just the his system of doing what he's doing is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I assume I, I do assume he'll be president, short of some underhanded dealing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually have the president complaining or not complaining. Got asked about that today. Actually, it was today. Um, <laughs> this I. Th- <laughs> this one. Sometimes folks, if they lose, they start complaining that they got cheated. Uh, but I've never heard of. Someone asked him if what he thought about Trump's claim that the election is or could be rigged. Somebody complained about being cheated before the game was over or before the scores even tallied. So my, my suggestion would be, you know, go out there and uh, try to win the election. If Mr. Trump is up 10 or 15 points, 
uh, on election day and ends up losing, then you know maybe yeah, he can raise some questions. That doesn't seem to be the case at the moment. Okay, so well, <laughs> keep 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 your eye on that because if that happens, yeah, it's not going to make any difference. Yeah, yeah. And then got asked about him being fit as a president. Um, you know, on, on your second question. Oh, hold on, wait a second. Um, there's one other pre, pre prelude to this. Oh, let me find it here. Um, Obama got asked about um, Trump's being fit to run, to be president. And of course, here we go. Given the Republican nominee's recent comments about the Khan family and his statement that if president, he would consider recognizing Russia's annexation of Crimea. Does it Crimea. make you question his fitness to be president? Uh, Actually, um, he's quite um, not as fit as me because I work out a lot more than he does. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm more fit of a president. Donald clearly, because he doesn't look as good, isn't quite as fit. I, I, that that the answer coming right? Um, I, I work yeah. out a lot more even yep. when I'm on the road in the hotel. And I plus, he out. golfs a lot, so that means he walks a lot my, from the cart to the from green. The cart to the green. <laughs> yes. I think the Republican nominee is unfit uh, to serve as president. Uh, I said so last week, and uh, he keeps on proving it. So that was uh, a few days ago. Okay. This was today. Um, you know, on, on your second question, and, and I'll sort of address this to any. You sort of will, Trump or questions. you actually uh, will. <laughs> would ask all of you to just make your own judgment. Wait, I, hold on. Made this point whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who's he talking to? This is a press conference. Who is he talking to? That's a good point. Um, just, just listen to what Mr. Trump has to say and make your own judgment with respect to uh, how confident you feel about his ability to manage things like our nuclear triad. You know, that's... Journalists are there to report the news. They are not there to editorialize the news. They are not there to look at his and then they determine and what make they judgments. Think. No, that's not their job. What he should have said is, um, uh, look at you know, report what I said and let the American people. Yes, yes, yes. I've already said this. Go back and read what I said before. I'm not going to say it again. But no, you guys, let's listen to the whole clip again. Um. You know, on, on your second question, and, and I'll sort of address this to any additional Trump questions. Um, I would ask all of you to just make your own judgment. I've, no! <laughs> no! I've, I've made this point already multiple times. Um, just, just listen to what Mr. Trump has to say. and make. Uh, just to be clear, too, I'll use one of his isms. I cut out seconds worth multiple seconds worth of uh mm, ah mm, uh you in sat that, here watching when yeah. i cut that clip down it we cut it down by a third easy <laughs> your own judgment with respect to uh how confident you feel about his ability to manage things like our nuclear triad wait a second so again we're back to the nuclear we're thing. back to that and we heard hayden whine and cry about that but we did our research and <clears throat> It's not something that Trump's going to get to run out and push the button because it's fun. Yeah. It's not like America's got talent. Got the dinger. I got this is my golden button. This is a nuclear button. 
I get one shot. It's not that it's and, not like that. And it's not like he came out of the shower and he's walking over <laughs> and his flip-flops gets caught on something and down he goes. And when he's reaching to hold himself, he hits the button and and the earth is destroyed. That doesn't... No, no you can't no. just kind of... That's not right. Just that you're not confident. Well, as I recall, I just answered a question about this a couple of days ago, and I thought I made myself pretty clear. Here's okay. here's the other thing that bothers me about this. Do they actually think that Trump is so stupid he doesn't know that if you start launching nuclear weapons that it could possibly obliterate life on the planet? Or do they really think he's that stupid? No, but I think they think the white, uneducated, anti-gay uh, pro-gun, anti-abortion, anti-pro-god, anti-god, something. People think that. Clearly, right? I think... Right? I think that this is a psychological warfare. This is psychological warfare. Uh, or a variation on it. Um, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> I, I, I obviously have a very strong opinion uh, about um, well, the few candidates who are running here. Uh, one is very time. positive and one is not so much. <laughs> he said one is very positive and one is very not so much. So, I mean, my my thought is almost everything I've heard from Trump has been kind of positive for so America. He's a Trump. It sounds like he's a Trumpy. Wow. Obama. Look, hey. Plus, plus he's being sexist because he mentioned the positive one first. Ooh. So he's mentioning. A man oh. before a woman. So he's starting to say that whim, that men should go before women, that women should take the back seat. Maybe he should start calling uh, Hillary Rosa Parks. Huh? Maybe she, because because he's telling her to get to the back seat of the bus. What is going on here? Sexist, misogynist pig. And I'm spent. <laughs> and uh, I, I think that you will just hear... Uh, uh, any any further questions that are directed to this subject? I think you'll you'll hear pretty much variations on the same thing. Um, what I can say is this: this is serious business. Business. And <laughs> it's so serious that I can't even talk in actual English. Well, it's he, serious business. Yo, business. Money. Taking care of business, baby. Uh, uh, the oh, person oh, who oh, is oh, in the Oval oh, Office oh. and who our Secretary of Defense and our Joint Chiefs of Staff. Mm -hmm outstanding men and women in uniform uh, report to. Uh, okay, so don't they need to start saying men, women, and other? Uh-huh. I mean, especially when talking about the military, because sure. you can now kind of be, you can be the, the transition. I guess. Yeah. I, I kind of think they need to add that other piece. Maybe so not. he's a homophobe, Maybe too. Not. He's no, misogynist. No, a transphobe. He's a transphobe. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, they are counting on and somebody we have proof. who has the Clearly. temperament and good judgment. Uh, to be able to make decisions to keep America safe. They're counting on someone that has the temperament and good judgment. What is the temperament you need to go to war? Um, to make good judgments and go into war. What kind of temperament do you need? Uh, a melancholy temperament. And uh, that should be very much on the minds of voters uh, when they go into the voting booth in November. In November. Uh, in terms of the threat, that ISIL poses to the homeland? ISIL. Yeah. Okay. ISIL. ISIL? But why? What is this homeland? This is not Russia. Oh, yes. The homeland? Are you kidding? What, what is wrong oh, well. with this? The homeland. Really? The homeland? Homeland security. I don't. It's bull crap. Yeah. What, that, that's why. They, 
Yeah. I don't care. That's something that that Soviet Russia would come up with. Yes. 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 Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's not freedom. Yep. And you're not my comrade. You're my friend. Commies. Communism is a disease. Meet the cure. <laughs> Which is what? Uh, penicillin? <laughs> Sorry. Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. Well, I, uh, I, I love where we're at in our political disaster. I really do. It's fun to watch. Because you can't believe none of the garbage on the, on, on the TV or on the radio, mm-hmm. just about. You can believe us because we're going to give you what we think and we'll tell you about it. And we read people's stuff, yep. and then you decide, and we have our opinions that we boldly proclaim. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because, oh, never mind. Didn't work. <laughs> oh, brother. That's right. <sighs> This uh. is the David Allen Show, davidallenshow.com. Uh. Uh, apparently, the, uh, d- the United States sent $400 million to Iran. House. Now, coincidentally, they say, it happened right after they were released. Four Americans got released. Like the plane that took the Americans left and the cargo jet came into Iran with pallets of euros, Swiss franc, I believe. Yep. Not dollars. Pounds? Uh, I don't know. Uh, $400 million worth. It's a coincidence. Clearly, 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 this clearly. is decades in the in the making. Apparently, they're claiming that this should have happened decades ago, and it's old debt. Now, uh, I heard uh, Dvorak say today on their show, the No Agenda show, that if you really took into account inflation, if we stole what was it, billion dollars, we, we took their money. Yeah, we, we're claiming that we took, or they're claiming whoever we took their money, and so this is a repayment. Inflation was that in the eighties that happened? Inflation would mean we owe them like a billion to two billion dollars, some insane number. Or uh, was it was it in seventy nine oh, when might they have took the hostages? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't it the Iran Contra? Yeah. So yeah. we confiscated <clears throat> cash of theirs, mm-hmm. and now they're they're claiming this is just we're paying it back finally after this many years. Well, don't we owe them interest? Or was it, hey, give us our guys and we'll give you some money? I'm sensing the second, actually. Just because you sense it doesn't mean it's true. But I still am sensing it. Oh, oh sorry. You're right. Much, much. There is this um, little thing. Charles the Crowd Hammer was on the special report with Brett Bear today. One of the hostages on Fox Business today said that they were stuck on the tarmac for about two hours and they asked why what the delay was and he said because we had to wait for another plane to land. <laughs> because they had to wait for the ransom to arrive. That's what happens when you ransom a hostage. You wait until yeah. the cash arrives and then the guy in all the movies. So I was wrong. They didn't leave first. They were ready to leave, but they had to wait for the money to show up before they could get out. 
Ooh. ...is released to go across, you know, the, uh, the field where he's being released. Look, for them to try to pretend this was anything other than a ransom is laughable, and I think it hurts their credibility. You can argue it was the only yep. way. You can argue we were in negotiations and we thought, what the heck, if we're going to give them $150 billion elsewhere, why not 1.7? It's not a lot. And then the president's a defense of the use of cash, as if this is, well, we couldn't wire the money. Well, why yeah, couldn't exactly. you wire it? Because of sanctions. Well, that means because they were actually going around the law, right. going around sanctions. Right, do this sanctions, at all. And they had to do it illicitly clandestinely at night the way it's done by gangsters that's because they were doing ransom they didn't want anyone to know and they had to go around the law and the congress the congress didn't know no this is not old news it's new news and it's highly embarrassing and the president i have to admit he's rather good with words he made it sound like this was just completely natural huh that's a great breakdown yeah you know actually mm-hmm. If they owed him a billion dollars in 1979 with inflation, just assuming inflation was 3% a year, they would have to pay $3 billion. $3 billion. Mm-hmm. If they assume and a pay. And inflation has been a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so say it was at 5%. Right. That would be $6, six billion. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Oh, my. So we're, we're we're really not paying them back. No, this is ransom money. Yeah, are they just dumb? The administration they have to be, don't they? Or do they think we are just dumb? Oh, that's it. Yeah, I, I would think that's, that's yeah. I think you could make a case for that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's white uneducated men who are Trump supporters and love guns and hate gays and apparently and love hate God. And apparently hate women. Yeah. According to uh, Nancy Pelosi. The three G's. Yeah. Three G's are what? Guns, God, and gays. Guns, God. And you would think by her claiming it's three gays, they're all positive. But oh no, these are not positive. These are the negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Because you love guns, you yeah. love God, but and you, according you must to her, you hate, hate gays. gays. Right. So then it doesn't really work. It's not really three work. G's, it's two G's. So it's like the log or the log cabin Republicans? Yeah. Uh, which are the gay Republicans. Oh, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. But then they're usually pro-choice, mm. so that wouldn't work either. Yes, 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 yes. Well, that's special. Nope. So I, I kind of like that. Um, oh, 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 Hillary Clinton today, I believe it was today, um, August 3, yesterday, my bad. August 3 was, um, don't take this the wrong way, Shrieking, I think, at a crowd of her supporters. Sure. And had this to say. Because while Warren is standing up for a fairer tax code, Trump wants to cut taxes for the super rich. Wait a second. What did she reference Warren for? What in the world is she talking about Warren? Warren, While Warren is for a fairer tax code, does that mean she's going to put Elizabeth Pocahontas Warren? In some sort of treasury position? Ooh. That's interesting. That could be. Okay, that got her out. Or or Hillary is referencing her because Hillary is going to have to drop out. Oh. Oh. 
Oh. That's it, because Warren's for this, but Trump is for this. Why in the world wouldn't she say I'm for this and Trump's for that? Mm. Let's start that over. Whoops. Because while Warren is standing up for a fairer oh, tax no, no. code. Sorry, my bad. I just looked behind her. Warren Buffett is sitting behind her. Oh. Never mind. Okay. Although it's still a good thought. <laughs> Trump yeah. wants to cut taxes for the super rich. Boo! Oh, it's just the, the middle class one. Boo. Yeah. Well, we're not going there, my friends. Oh, no, no. Here we go. Start I'm the streaking. telling you right now, we're going to write fairer rules for the middle class, and we are going to raise taxes on the middle class. No, no, Listen. No. Listen to the cheers, and she doesn't even know it. She doesn't even get that what she just said. Ah, shrieking to the crowd. Because that's what we want. We want to be yelled at by someone. Now, oh, I sure do. Trump yelled a lot, or he had that very intense voice uh-huh. through most of his um, his acceptance speech at the his convention. It's because he yells at women. He was probably just looking <laughs> at the women in the audience. Right. So that's what they had. They had a them. picture of a woman. Yeah. Is that it? So that, the camera was shooting through that. That was the only way that the rage could come up, because he hates women. <laughs> Clearly. I just think it's funny because either she went off script. Let's scrub that back because you can see her teleprompters in this shot. Let's see if she's looking at them. Come on. And we are going to raise taxes on the middle class. Okay, hold us. Go back right again. Fairer rules for the middle class. And we okay, are- she looked <clears throat> fair. She, when she said fairer rules for the middle class, she was looking up high, farther away than her teleprompter. Are going to raise taxes on the middle class. And then she threw that whole phrase until the very end, until she said middle class, she was staring right into her prompter there. Um, what do you think? Is she a, she's a robot. She, or a Muppet. Huh? Okay. Hi, ho, Kermit the Frog but, here. And let's think about this, though. Did you hear she's the, Miss Piggy. Yay. <laughs> hey, that's that's sexist right there. Did you hear the crowd? No, that's fat shaming. Did you hear the crowd? They cheered, right? But they were just ecstatic. Shouldn't they? So obviously they aren't listening either. Mm-hmm. It's clear. They're not listening. Neither. She's not listening to what she's reading. So someone, maybe Ron Burgundy messed with her. <laughs> messed with the, <laughs> the teleprompter. Stay classy, <laughs> San Who Diego. Put a question mark on the teleprompter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I thought that was interesting though hmm. this is the David Allen show David Allen show that's us com. yes mm-hmm. indubitably
is the David Allen Show, DavidAllenShow.com. On Facebook at David Allen Show. On uh, Instagram at David Allen Show. Uh, if you want to email us, DavidAllenShow at gmail.com. Uh, tell your friends about this craziness. Okay. That's how we, uh, that's how we get out there. You got to tell people about it. And we'll try not to put you on the blacklist. Yeah. My mic's falling apart. We don't want to have to blame you. No, no. for our failure. <laughs> My mic just fell apart. <laughs> Whoops! <clears throat> I got that. It's gonna be a little bit boomier. We'll, we'll live. Uh, the apocalypse. The apocalypse apparently has been canceled. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. Proponents now say there is no evidence of what. In a stunning reversal of what many presumed to be the, quote, consensus, the most prominent of global warming proponents, who are scientists, now say that the scientific literature does not support the popular belief that the Earth is headed for Armageddon if we do not repent of our sins and stop buying Exxon gasoline. (laughs) What moves the scientific side of the global warming debate much closer to what skeptics have said all along? There is no scientific support for the notion that we are destroying the Earth with man-made carbon dioxide. Ooh. Carbon dioxide is beneficial. Warmers have certainly not given up their claim that adding CO2 to the atmosphere will cause noticeable warming, but their continuing dispute with skeptics centers around, quote, how much. Skeptics maintain that there will be little or no observable warming, while alarmists, if we can still call them that, now see significant but not catastrophic warming. Writing in the new Criterion, MIT professor of meteorology Richard Lindzen oh. quote, quotes a number of famous climate alarmists, including the founding director of the Tyndale Center for Climate Change Research Ooh. at the University of East Anglia, Mike Holm. Hume. He said, to state that climate change will be catastrophic hides a cascade of value-laden assumptions which do not emerge from empirical or theoretical science. Wow. In an interview conducted by John Humphreys of BBC4 Television in 2012, well-known alarmist Ralph Cicerone, president of the U.S. National Academy of Sciences, reveals his split with extremists. John Humphreys, you don't sound, if I can use this word, apocalyptic. I mean, you're not saying, quote, if we don't do these things, we're going to hell in a handbasket. We're going to fry in a few years. Ralph Cicerone. Well, there are people who are saying those things, John, John Humphreys, but not you, Ralph. No, I don't think it's useful. I don't think it gets us anywhere. And we don't have that kind of evidence. Perhaps most remarkable, Gavin Schmidt, who replaced James Hansen at the Goddard Institute of Space Studies and is especially known for his climate advocacy, said, General statements about extremes are almost nowhere to be found in the literature, but seem to abound in the popular media. It's this popular perception that global warming means all extremes have to increase all the time. Even though if anyone thinks about that for 10 seconds, they realize that's nonsense. All of this stands in stark contrast to, the, to President Obama's statement made in 08 and frequently repeated since then. Few changes face, challenges facing America and the world are more urgent than fighting climate change. <laughs> the climate change is beyond dispute and the facts are clear. <laughs> he said with many fellow travelers 
from Al Gore and John Kerry to Pope Francis and French President Hollande to Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton. Secretary of State Kerry seems to speak for the political class when he says, First and foremost, we should not allow... First and foremost, we should not allow a tiny minority of shoddy scientists and science and extreme ideologues to compete with scientific fact. This is not opinion. This is about facts. This is about science. The science is unequivocal, and those who refuse to believe it are simply burying their hands in the sand, heads in the sand. President Obama and I believe very deeply that we do not have time for a meeting anywhere of the Flat Earth Society. Sorry, I kind of went into Tom Brokaw, the Flat Earth Society. I believe very deeply that we don't have time for a meeting anywhere of the Flat Earth Society. <laughs> that, was, that was John Kerry. With prominent <laughs> scientists now converging on a defensible conclusion and disowning the radicals who still promote unprecedented disasters of all kinds, perhaps Kerry will have to finally consider some of the science he tellingly condemns as, quote, ideology. The debate that the political class sees as completely one-sided and settled in their favor has dramatically split into three camps, leaving them isolated on the fanatical side, devoid of the scientific support they claim. Meanwhile, scientists debate the issue of of significant versus insignificant global warming. Alarmist Alarmist scientists... That's an interesting ists. Mm. Generally claim that the Earth will warm two or three degrees Celsius for a doubling of atmosphere of atmospheric carbon dioxide, while skeptics see one degree or less. Since atmospheric CO2 is rising at about two parts per million per year, it will take about 200 years to double. This assumes that we recover the roughly 1,600 um, GT gallon tons what's a GT well I don't know of fossil carbon necessary to do so some estimates of in-ground fossil fuel do not run that high and should our climate cool in concert with the substantial decrease in solar activity so far this century and the demise of this interglacial period we call the Holocene climate optimum right We may never see any of the theoretical warming from CO2. We certainly have not so far. So So you're saying they have an agenda. Al Gore's wrong, and yes. I think it's clear there's an agenda. An agenda. I've heard people bring it up and make sense to me that the whole uh, carbon um, footprint. Yeah, it's about tax. It's about accessing money. money. To run the government because well, they they've bet. been using yep. Social Security for the however many years yeah. in order to fund stuff. Yeah, it's clear. It's another racket. Yes. Have you ever noticed the TV stars have huge heads? You mean like egos or no, like actually their craniums? Huge. So they're nephilim. It's kind of funny because Rush Limbaugh talked about it, and I I saw a headline that he so I grabbed it. Um, they have bigger brains. No, their their heads physically are bigger. So and then it's they kinda have crazy. bigger brains. I don't know. I maybe their jaw bones are bigger. I don't know. But like David Muir of ABC, the nightly news guy at ABC. Okay. Um, <clears throat> his head's huge. Really? Yeah. 
the guests and you know, Rush made the claim the guests aren't necessarily uh, have this big thing, but the hosts, like the anchors, they tend to have large heads. Maybe they're not actually human. Maybe they all are. And it's kind of funny though. Muppets. It's kind of funny you say that because you you didn't say that. It's kind of funny they say that. Yep. Um, because there's a a chef, an Italian chef. His name Giada or something. No, not the Swedish. <laughs> Italian. A little different. Uh, she's got a huge head. Oh, her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. You know? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's crazy. Like freakish. Like if you got yeah, into yeah. her presence. It probably would be weird. It wouldn't. Mm-hmm. You're like, you got strong neck muscles <laughs> right. to hold that thing up. <laughs> yep. And it's not just hair. Huh. So basically, if you put a walnut between her, her, uh, her jaw... And her oh, collarbone, she could else. crack it. <laughs> yes. So she's a freak. So if the Perhaps. circus in, is in town... Find all the TV anchors. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yep. <laughs> I'm looking for something. Your plosive is plosive. <coughs> Indeed. Burr, burr, burr. Oh, really? I guess I could spell, right? And it would be easier to actually show up, huh? Theoretically. Eh? That's do, do, bow. potentially correct. Uh, but potentially. Potentially. This is not going to be right. That's all right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> right? Oh, you bet. Ooh, the sounds. Um, no. Nope, that's not quite what I had in mind. It sounds like a Russian babuska is going to start dancing <laughs> or something. <laughs> Am I wrong? Maybe. Uh, let's see if this works. I don't know if this is right either. Nope. <laughs> 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 Although it might be fun. Let's see. This is the David Allen Show. Prepara te a vibrar con el éxtasis que genera un grupo de estrellas prominentes y una experiencia que marcará una huella difícil de borrar. Russian or Slavic or something, no? Is this like La máxima sensación auditiva está por comenzar. Está por comenzar. Está por comenzar. Wow. Is this narco music? (laughs) I think so. Then there's that. Okay, this is Spanish. <laughs> it is, you're right. I think the principle in podcasts <laughs> is is give people things that they want to <laughs> <Nice>. hear. <laughs> Not drive people away (laughs) forever. (laughs) This is hilarious. Yeah. I think this was, I don't know. This is like some weird MK Ultra 
It's true. Alright. The real question. Or maybe the answer. What if Catholics are right? Regarding what? The Pope? What if the claims of the Catholic Church are true? Some of them what are. What if Catholics are right? What would you do? What, what if you were humming along in your faith journey, a happy evangelical Christian, when a warm encounter with a nun, a friar, or a Catholic priest suddenly stopped you in your tracks? What if their genuine faith and humility was the sudden jolt your soul needed to stop and wonder about what made Catholics tick? What if you dug a little deeper? What if something you read in passing about the beauty of the human person, from conception to natural death, made you stop and consider your own views? Consider what your own denomination says about end-of-life care. What? Is it enough? Or what if you were afforded some random opportunity to sit in on a Catholic mass sung by sweet old religious sisters, rosaries in hand, and you were struck by the unspeakable beauty of the thing? What if you returned the next day and the day after that? Because to be fair, Catholic Church makes some pretty outrageous claims. The Church claims that the Eucharist, what I used to call communion as an evangelical, is meant to be the actual body, soul, and divinity of Christ. The Church claims that we can and should pray to the dead. That there is power in their prayers. The Church claims an unbroken chain of authority right back to the Apostles appointed by Jesus, a comprehensive theological framework, the ability to impart grace and forgive sins through confession, and that Mary, the Mother of God, is legitimately at work in the world. To my formerly evangelical ears, these things we've would have sounded nuts. But what if the Catholic Church is right? These are, after all, claims of a thousand plus years old. What if they're true? Is it enough to soldier on, to grow where we're planted? Or should we, like Zacchaeus, invite Jesus to come into our home tonight and to see what happens? <laughs> to pray and ask and seek, what if Catholics are right? What if there's more grace out there than you imagined as an evangelical? The How ability to really consume... <laughs> The ability to really consume our Lord in the Eucharist. To truly be able to feel forgiveness of mm, sins wiped cannibalism. away. To live and love in communion of Christians who lived, died, and loved God from the very beginning of time. Wouldn't what? you want to know more about that? People who love God from the beginning of time? Ultimately, I like to think that if there's even the hair's chance... That the ancient claims of the Catholic Church are true, it's something worth investigating. That there is more to the Christian faith than believing by the current evangelical ecosystem might be shocking to many evangelicals. That two million young Catholics turned out in the middle of the night to worship Jesus may be even more shocking still. Catholicism is huge and beautiful. But that these youth and billions more attest to the beauty and truth of the Catholic Church is something not to be taken too lightly. It's something in the least to consider. What if Catholics are right? Or Muslims, or Jehovah's Witness, or... <clears throat> yeah. Or what if you were wrong for abandoning 
Sola Scriptura for uh, whatever the Latin is for the church only. Hmm? <clears throat> There's a lot of reasons I'm not a Catholic. The biggest one is one of the rallying cries of the Reformation, Sola Scriptura, Scripture alone. So Scripture should inform what you believe, not primarily church tradition, because people get things wrong all the time. <clears throat> and uh, what about the Pope that was found by the jealous husband and beaten to death? What about that Pope? Was he was he part of the the unbroken uh, succession of apostles? What about all those vile popes in the past? What about you, Alan? Are you are you Catholic? No. Well, I am in the small C, as in universal, because that's what Catholic means. Oh, okay. The um, Catholic Church, universal church. Oh. Yeah. I want us to go back in time. Really? We can do that? You know, and I'm going to invest. When we come back from wherever we're going, yeah. we're gonna be we're gonna be crazy rich. <laughs> right. This is gonna be awesome. Right. Let's do it. Um, now No, I'm not sure that the Reformation is something I can boil down to the one. This or is two great. Uh, if you're living in a compromised Catholic So let's think about this. What if Catholics are right? As I live in a compromised Catholic environment, let me assure you that justification by faith alone, the sovereignty of God, the assurance, the, the assurance of salvation, uh, the whole nature of uh, conversion. Uh, see, the Pope is the vicar of Christ. That's a blasphemy. The Holy Spirit is the vicar of Christ. Because the word vicar means a substitute. When the Lord Jesus left, he sent his spirit. And so the Catholic Church is actually, uh, it takes the role and place of the Holy Spirit. What the Scripture says of the Holy Spirit, the Catholic Church says of itself. It's, it's a terrible, terrible error. And so they will say Trinitarian creeds, but when you look at the structure of their thought, it's the Church that replaces. He calls himself the Pope, which is, means Papa, the Father. Call no man Father, but your Father in heaven. It's a blasphemy to call him the Pope because there is only one father and he calls himself the pontiff. The pontiff means the bridge. Well, who do you think is the bridge? I mean, my navigator friend sure told me who was the bridge, <laughs> even if I had to write two ways to live to get away from it. If the Lord Jesus Christ is the bridge between us and God. So they, the, the Catholic claims of the Pope Blaspheme the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. That's right. Thug life. <clears throat> so, <coughs> I just thought it would be interesting to bring that back. I, yeah. I, I, I don't understand. And those are the elements of um, Catholicism that I just do not get at all. Mm -hmm. Praying to dead people. Mm -hmm. Like memorializing in like holiness a, a person. Mm -hmm. A living person. 
it just seems it seems problematic. Yep. So um I found this interesting also. Joel Osteen's fake heretical Christianity isn't any better than atheism. Yeah, I'd... Hmm. I guess I wouldn't necessarily disagree. This is uh, written by Matt Walsh. He's got a little, just a quick thing. Uh, if you don't pay attention to where you're going on the internet, you may accidentally expose yourself to some terribly objectionable content. I'm usually very careful about that, but yesterday I let my guard down for just a moment and ended up reading a Joel Osteen tweet. I don't follow the famous motivational speaker on Twitter, but someone I do follow happened to retweet one of his self-esteem-boosting quips. It said, When you can give God praise even when life doesn't make sense, then he will release you into a new level of your destiny. July 30th, Joel Osteen. At Joel Osteen. What does that mean? I was confused. This back to Matt. Release me into a new level of my destiny? What does that mean? And is this a reliable guarantee? If I praise God enough, can I be quite confident that I will ascend to, his gr- to this graduated plane of existence where greater success and fortune awaits? What can be said, then, about the people who are not at that level? Have they simply failed to be grateful? Are all the people at the higher level more grateful than the ones at the lower level? Ah, but there's no answer to these questions. These are just Osteenisms. Similar in character and quality to all other Osteenisms. Vapid, approaching creepy. The kind of wisdom you look forward to reading on a little slip of paper after you just finished way more than your fair share of General Tsao. <laughs> but also not far from what you'd expect to see if you flip through a copy of Dian- D- Dianetics. Oh, yeah. Basically, a Joel Osteen tweet and a Joel Osteen sermon, which is just a collection of Joel Osteen tweets, is exactly... What you'd get if L. Ron Hubbard wrote fortune cookies. Or if Yoda and Dr. Phil had a baby. And then the baby attended too many Tony Robbins seminars. (laughs) Still, I was compelled by some dark force to click on the good pastor's Twitter page and read more of these morsels as I skimmed and I learned, among other things, that, quote, if I get rid of the negative, and then God will fill my life with good things, and that I must break out in my thinking so that I won't be kept from my destiny, and that if I live in my faith very soon, all of my dreams will come to pass, and that I can only go forward if I don't focus on the negative, and that if I have a positive mindset, then I can't be defeated, and that the fuel I need to accomplish my dreams, release my potential, and overcome obstacles in the anointing on my life. Those weren't really his... Those were tweets? Those are all, like, quotes thrown in all together. So you can't be defeated? Right. So, so the problem is every uh, who lost Super Bowl this last year. They didn't have a positive Not that attitude. Kind of defeat. It can't be. Well, <laughs> he's speaking English, right? <laughs> he's mad. Better I, clarify. I'm fairly sure that last one actually makes no sense. It's almost like a bunch of random buzzwords from a Joel Osteen word search were strung together haphazardly. This is common with prosperity preachers lacking the truth. They tend sometimes to descend into utter incoherence, pouring out of their smiling mouths a verbal smoothie of faintly spiritual cliches. But I, what, I, what I found really interesting about this is apparently Matt Walsh. Um, he's very good. Comment. He's, he's brilliant. I think he's Catholic, so that, that's something we've got to work, work on. Um, but he's, he's got an excellent insight. He 
responded to the tweet and got blocked. Like Osteen blocked him. You know, whoever runs that Twitter account just blocked him. And I guess then he did some research and that happens all the time. When people like question something he said, they block him. That's their by default thing is block that user. Oh, oh on Twitter. my. <laughs> Whoops. So, so people aren't only positive comments are allowed. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's it's it's. So it's he defeated special. the negative. Is there oh, is positive. Hey, that's so it. it worked. Just block it them. Worked. Absolutely. What more do you need, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Just block people. I like that. <laughs> or not. <laughs> well. This is the David Allen Show. Yeah. Yep. This is a, uh, it's been fun to be back live finally. Yeah. It's, it seems like a really long time. weird to not, yeah. It's like we've been doing this for 26 episodes. Yeah. That's, that's February we started. February, the first of February. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, that is weird. Huh. Well. It's coming along. <clears throat> now, it's going to uh, start. We, we are hoping just a little um, uh, PR, maybe. Yep. A little PR mention. Uh, we are looking at some video capability, yep. uh, and we are hopefully this month of August, our live shows um, could get scattered about the week differently than Thursday nights. Yep. Um, and there is the slight possibility of a uh, name change. Whoa. You never know. Hey, uh, we're working. Uh-huh. You never know. Uh, but the David Allen Show will be, um, it will still be uh, what it is, kind of. But we're working. We're uh, <laughs> we're hoping the video piece is the biggest piece we want to try to add. So, yeah. um, stay tuned for that. Uh, otherwise, uh, come back Thursday. The plan is still Thursday, September's. We might actually switch it up. Um, Although next week, oh, that's right. Next week it will probably end up being Saturday. Yeah. Live on Saturday. Yeah. Um, because we uh, both have to be gone again on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, probably back to Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. At this point. But next yep. week, it'll probably end up being live on Saturday. Um, but we, if it's not, we'll let you know. Yep. Anyway, uh, thanks a lot, iTunes. You can look us up there, the David Allen Show, or on the Google Play Store. Yep. Remember Facebook, you can poke us there or send us a message or do something. Yeah. Like sure. us, share it about to your friends. Uh, email at gmail. Email at davidallenshow at gmail.com. Otherwise, uh, there's all kinds of garbage going on in the world today. Remember, think positive. Kick out the negative. And you will and you never will make meet defeat? I don't know. M-E-A-T? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. This is the David Allen Show. Toodles. Thanks a lot.